Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie? Go ahead and pop in your DVD. Wait, don't pop in your DVD or Blu-ray of The Omega Man. <laughs> don't. Uh, because I would usually say press play and then press pause when a certain logo ends or something. But in this particular case, when you press play on this movie, the movie just starts like an asshole. So what you're going to do is you're going to put the DVD in the little shelf of the player and just don't close it yet. And then in a second, I'll say three, two, one, let's do this. At which point you'll just push that DVD in and the movie will start instantly. So There's the time probably code, actually a menu, but eh, uh, mine know. doesn't have a menu. Really? But maybe oh. if yours has a menu, then you have to press play like some sort of a medieval rock farmer or some shit. But yeah. we, that's, we, anyway, that's because in the future, DVDs just start. DVDs just start in the future, you guys. Yes. yes. And eventually they start building the Bond Adventure. But in the meantime, you're going to be just looking at a parking lot. All right, go ahead and pop in. Wait, just hold off on putting in your DVD. And in a second, I'll say push it in, and we'll watch this movie in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except with four friends in your head. Myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. And Serge Delpierre is here. Hey. And Trey, the amazing Stokes. Neville. This is con- just continuing the trend of doing a bunch of movies that I hadn't seen prior to these recordings. <laughs> just, that's why we do this. <laughs> I've, been hearing, I've, I've been hearing you talk about the Omega Man for years. We've all seen the crappy Spider-Man movie. We don't need to talk about that oh. one. We can move on. I'm happy to never watch Spider-Man again. Look at other stuff. So, okay. So, once again, I finally made you watch... A legendary movie, and how did it go? I liked it a lot. There we go. I was I had a good time with it. Oh boy! And uh, the only thing that really, my, I have one piece of just constructive criticism, which is Charlton Heston is fucking terrifying. And if he, if I'm, you know, just I'm just saying as a, as a note, <laughs> future whenever they remake this movie the next six times, if you could just find people who aren't just so goddamn terrifying to look at and never have them say the word baby in a sex like trying to do sexy like keep calling you baby Baby. but it's just like it comes out of his mouth like a brick just baby it's like oh dude (laughs) he does it in Ben-Hur a lot it's disconcerting yeah it's really weird when he does it it was part of his contract at the time he would just have to say that all the time yeah it's odd no but I had a good time with this movie and it's you know I've never even seen uh, the Will Smith remake or any of the other remakes I've been hearing about you know it's one of those things where like I've known sort of the plot of the Omega Man movies that have always happened just because you talk about them all the time in terms of like their usefulness in a cultural context so i knew it was going to go on but just i'd never in, just seen in any case, of them. just in case we need to put talk about context we are talking there's a famous novel called i am legend mm-hmm. which has been made now three times into a movie and Sarah just brought it with him. This would be oh, the Omega Man. This would be the second version, um only the third version, the Will Smith version used the title, but no film of the three has actually been faithful completely to what the book was really about. And that's oh. interesting and we'll get to that. But anyway, go ahead. I'm looking forward to the next two World War Zs that aren't about Yes, anything. exactly. <laughs> it's not as far off as World War Z, but, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, interesting how the core idea and where the title comes from has never really been dealt with in a movie version of the book. Even when they finally made a movie called I Am Legend, yeah. it's still like, eh, And the they point. tried, but that ending got changed and they didn't make that ending. Yeah, the, the legend they were thinking of was completely the wrong legend. Yeah. It's Charlton Heston just hates apes again. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, no, but I had a good time with it, and it's fun, and it's wonderful to see any sort of a shot. I love every movie that has like a like Magnolia with its scene in like Times Square, or whatever. Whenever you get the entire city abandoned for some fun driving around and walking around shots, that's that's and, cool and stuff. And you had to abandon the city to get those shots. This yeah, exactly. Not, they Ma- didn't Photoshop that Magnolia. Yeah, or is it Magnolia? Where he, where's Tom Cruise is running around? No, that's yeah. Vanilla Sky. Oh, right, Vanilla Sky. I, and yeah, and then also later. there was Devil's Advocate, where they twenty eight days later. Yep. Also had one of those. Yep. 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 The anyway. stand. Well, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Where you, and the stand. You can clear out like... Just the, huge portions the of the city. The stand? The stand had empty, you know, dead dead New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. My friend Bill was there and he told me all kinds of nightmare stories about trying to hold traffic all the way down, you know, a huge expanse of one of those concrete canyons. And That'll get you killed. Could not get it done. No yeah. way. Anyway, but I had a good time with it. Uh, Brian, had you seen this movie prior to today? Or till, like, you know, <clears throat> refreshing for this? Uh, yeah, I, had, I watched it. Okay, uh, good. So I'm the only one. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I I had watched it like once a few years ago post I Am Legend. So I I am the Will Smith version is the first um 
uh, my was my introduction to this actual you know, particular cultural story. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it, and then I rewatched it again uh, yes the other day to prepare for this. Uh, and yes, Charlton Heston as a romantic lead. <laughs> the '70s were a weird time. Uh, coming down off of a Part lot of, of drugs. all my sexual nightmares. That's all. Yeah, uh, but uh, other than that, uh, other than Charlton Heston's dubious uh, abilities, as have a you had like a John lead. Favreau lately? I mean, it's just not. But a new, Favreau doesn't play a romantic lead. Um, uh, Heston kind of has all the most craggly bits of Brian Cranston and Willem Dafoe. Just yeah, sort of, it's a very anyway, Willem Dafoe. The the, the inappropriately of. old romantic lead is is something very much still with us. I think. Yes. Um, oh, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm we not criticizing him for his age. I'm criticizing him for his horrifying visage. Well, no, but you were <laughs> implying that somehow that was a '70s thing, whereas I say that's a movies thing. Oh, and remains yeah. so. But anyway, go uh, ahead. Okay. Go well, ahead. anyway. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I it's. Did you guys know I'm I dating like Steve Buscemi now? Yeah. <laughs> it's going very well. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Serge. Uh, What's Sock- your history with the uh, this oh, Omega Man? My picture? history, I knew about it beforehand, but I hadn't seen it. And this was I lived in Quebec and couldn't see the film because it was fourteen and over. So we went to the drive-in across the border in Plattsburgh, Ooh, perfect New York. You actually had to sneak through <laughs> like had to, had to international cross the borders <laughs> so I could <laughs> see this, so we could see this film. And we saw this, and I was so excited. I was like ten years old, I was like, oh yeah, we get to see this. And uh, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to see like an adult film, but also the whole idea that of, of him being isolated really fascinated me as a child because you know we were like in the middle of like the the 60s was all about the future and now the whole thing about the apocalypse was creeping it also since he had done the planet of the apes films yeah charlton heston just hates like societies that's all oh he's a way misogynist in this (laughs) yeah no no no, 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 misanthrope he's a misanthrope yeah completely misanthropic what kind of misogynist and we're and he's he's as we were mentioning earlier this is this is this is right in the heart of the charlton heston's doing sci-fi movies for some reason planet of the apes beneath the planet of the apes this and soylent green all came in one big burst right Um, so we're right in the heart of his oh he's doing it's nice that a big hollywood star is getting sci-fi movies greenlit you know that was that was the (laughs) i'm i saying i'm assuming then you then you must have read the book afterwards Oh, I read the book years later. I was going to say. And then I was like, whoa, this is really good. I mean, I like, the, you know, the interesting thing about this film was it was co-written uh, or written by the uh, Carringtons, who actually were around then, and they wrote Battle, Battle of the Script for the Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, nifty. Yeah. Trey, the amazing Stokes? This one, uh, it's interesting that we've pretty much, I, I can't think of anything else to add to the list. We've With doing this movie, we've pretty much are completing the trilogy of the three movies that made me whatever it is I am as far as like a person and my outlook on life, uh, all of which came around the same time. It's like, is this you, the Muppet movie? No, yeah, no. no. Um, it's like, and we've done them all. So it's like, if you want to like, if you want to like get inside my head, man, and like understand who I am as a human being, just set yourself down, watch yourself a trilogy of silent running the Omega man and the Cowboys. And that's me. I just add that up and that those worldviews all smooshed together. And hi, how you doing? Um, this one was, uh, as I think I mentioned in the silent running commentary, this one I didn't see in the theater because, again, slightly too young, just as uh, Serge was in Canada. So it wasn't, and don't recall being particularly aware that the movie even existed, but as tended to happen at the time, a couple of years later, it was on television like every Saturday at 4 a.m. Like you'd always, fl- oh, it's that movie about the about Charlton Heston. So, so it was one of those things where it's always on, it seems like it's always on television a lot. And so I would catch like the, the last half and then the first three quarters a month later. And then six months later, you'd see the middle part of it. It's like uh, Shawshank. Yeah. So finally, I was you know, able to kind of put, uh, you know, put it together um, and promptly loved it. Loved it big time. Loved it long time. Um, 
just because I just the sensibility this is really bizarre again very 70s and and i know we just sort of we associate you know the downer ending and the kind of the dark just fatalism look you know outlook is being a very 70s thing but it just i i really really love movies that do yeah, that i'm trying to stack together those three movies it's like so i think what you were expecting out of life was that you were going to try to save the earth but fail <laughs> sort of hang out there for a second and then take a bunch of young boys into space yeah you're going to be alone most of the time and it's not going to end well no matter what you do it's all about how you handle that's it. a that's more streamlined the, version of what i was saying i think that's, that's, but yeah yeah, the, I mean, actually, I would guess I would say the line between for me, the line between those three, it's all about people in a frontier of some kind, sure. kind of iso- you know, isolated for various you know plot or you know setting reasons, who have a situation to deal with and kind of have to navigate it through without a lot of conventional yeah, sort of morality to guide this to, as to what's right to do. So uh, I guess you know I'm so scared. Welcome to my worldview. <laughs> when the shit goes down, you know you're going to want to be in my compound. Uh, right. That's how it is. <laughs> But uh, that's that's uh, I, th- I just I think it's, uh, you know, even though I see, you know, obviously there's loads of cheese in this movie. Um, I still think it's a great movie. Uh, obviously, the 11 year old me factor is <laughs> is playing very largely in that. But I still think in terms of like what it's doing, I think it's an amazing movie and worth seeing. Cool. Well, I, I think another interesting aspect is that uh, really urbanization and, you know, creeped up over the past, whatever, 50, 70 years. And this actually showed you, well, if you take away all the people, this is what you have. Yeah. A bunch of dead bodies, crazy people, and one guy fighting them off. So Detroit. <laughs> okay, you're at the beginning of the movie. You haven't even put it in yet if you have the Blu-ray like I do. But you're about to start it at zero zero colon zero zero colon zero zero like we are here. So put your finger on the closing thing. The, the tray, I guess, whatever. <laughs> the closing thing. Uh, prepare to start the movie. Prepare to start the movie. Three, two, one. Make it happen now. What does it happen now? This is a zoom shot. Long zoom shot. Oh, this 70s is all about zooms. Love those zooms. By the way, this crane that we were just zooming past, have you guys ever seen how they assemble those cranes? Yeah, they're, they they're impossibly tall. Cranes. They're impossibly tall. By the so, way, you can see a car getting off of. Yeah, the freeway they they couldn't. Yeah, I'm, fully I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ignoring that one. Oh, by the way, the music. A track, a track tape. Uh, this, this, isn't that the theme from a summer place? Yeah, it is. Da, da, da. <laughs> da, da, Having the kind of day. Yeah. No, it's amazing how they build those things. This is it's, one of the most. They yeah, stack up one vertical piece of it. And then they stack up a second one, and then between them, they make this one piece that slits over like both of them, like a like a tall sleeve, and it just sl- pushes up the one that's above it, and it just builds one underneath, and pushes that up, and it starts building this tower up, and it's just sliding itself up until it's as high as you yeah. want it, and then it's a you know painstaking process of undoing that to bring it back down again. Mm-hmm. It just builds itself it vertically. Builds itself. So hold, yeah. hold itself up makes this, it a, this is a great shot this is a hell of a shot yeah look yeah. at it's so look steady how too yeah. and all of those rooftops had to be cleared and all those windows oh everything. shit I wouldn't even thought of that yeah uh, every single thing you're seeing had to be basically this is all mobilized. Sunday morning in LA and they oh, just went yeah. back you know went downtown LA is Fairly, now, here we go. One of the greatest cold, not just the <laughs> false start, but one of the greatest cold openings in movie history. I mean, it's like if you're not like, okay, I'm interested after this opening scene, then, you know, then this movie just is Charles not Charles Nesden driving around in an yeah, abandoned city. Cruising around, playing some tunes. And then all of a sudden he sees a shadow, so he attacks it. Yeah, and, yep. and blows it away. You know, just cold, something about something, something cold at hands. So, and, uh, and then <laughs> at this point, the theme music starts, which is, which is actually by the same guy who did the theme for... 
the prisoner. Oh, I thought you said growing oh, pains. Nice. Yeah. And I will say, I will say, Kitty Leisure Service. Well, yeah, this is this is there's a fun bit of Hollywood history. We we talk a lot about the the transition between Hooray. the transition between you know movies being made by guys who made movies and movies being a corporate product. Yeah, there you're looking at an artifact of exactly that. The Kinney Corporation managed parking lots. Mm. Uh, that was, oh, wow. <laughs> that was it's not the Kinney Shoe Corporation if you've heard of them. It was literally sort of a we're a diverse <laughs> conglomerate of what. Yeah, we're a diverse conglomerate of, you know, we own things that make money. They 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 own like laundromats and parking lots. Mm-hmm. Um, Warner Brothers is up for grabs. They've tanked. They've gone completely bankrupt. We can buy them for a dollar. Maybe we can make some money out of that. Um, so, yeah, and, and they formed, you know, well, that's not parking lots. So we'll call it uh, one of our leisure services. And uh, for a brief period of time, it's a weird euphemistic thing. Though. Warner Brothers movies, Dirty Harry is another they're, one. They're back down the same place. Yeah, they're driving right by the same spot again <laughs> as they started. He's uh, doing the same there's not, thing. Downtown LA is not that big. If you've been there, uh, I hadn't actually noticed that. Anyway, so that That's uh, funny. but uh, it's it's probably it's probably the B camera from the same shot we just watched in the beginning because <laughs> uh, you're not going to get a lot of takes on this kind of stuff. The um, yeah, you've just seen all the buildings that we have. Yeah, so it's. Uh, Dirty Harry well, has the same logo. It's Dirty Harry was also a Warner Brothers, you know, Kinney Leisure Service. Oh, okay. and, and a very few brief uh, movies at that era. But then, very soon, they, they, they figured that was kind of... We'll get to Boris Segal in a second. They figured that was kind of awkward. And yeah. so they kind of spun that off. And now it became, then it became Warner Communications. They said, let's make it seem a little more media-oriented. Right. So it became Warner Communications. And I believe still remains that to this day. Very and, odd. And here comes the great opening line. Yeah. <laughs> Never get a fucking cop around here. Well, exactly, and especially with the irony, of course, is it's you know it's Charlton Heston. You know, here's, nobody here's needs Mr. You. Mr. Hero. There's never a cop around when you need one. Who will help me now? And everyone laughed <laughs> when I've seen it with an audience. It's weird yeah. to go. I, I don't think I've seen sunglasses that aren't like super reflective in a long time because it keeps they're, they're just so solidly black. It keeps weirding me out. Well, it, it's when you're shooting a movie. Yeah, you go you for really it. You really like them. You prefer it. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. You don't like reflective sunglasses. I, I, there's a movie I'm dealing with right now where we're paying big money to to go. Gosh, I wish those sunglasses hadn't been quite so reflective. I'm actually have, this week. Oh. I have to paint out reflections in my glasses for yeah, a while. Look, now actually. look at this. If you look way, way in the back, you can see traffic on the highway. Way in the back, but that's but, great. Look at know. that. Come on, you got to give oh, them points yeah. for what they managed to do here. Oh, I know. Nope, it's turn it off. Yep. That, this movie sucks, man. Brian, they should have painted that out. They should have. They should have photoshopped it. So yeah, we should. We should mention the like rather explorer. interesting and odd. Uh, life of Boris Segal. Yes. Uh, so I don't know anything about this. What's the deal with Boris Segal? Well, we can fill in the blanks. Uh, one thing is you 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 probably best know Boris Segal as being the father of an actress named Katie Segal, who has uh, been in things like Futurama and uh, Sons of Anarchy. Married with children for a while. There. Married with children, children and various other things. Was and I still think of her as uh, one of the original Staggering Harlets. But that's how old I am. She's she's awesome. Yeah, Staggering Katie Harlets. Segal is amazing. Yeah, Bette Midler's backup group. She oh, was, I didn't know she that. She was one of the Harlets. Look at that car for twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. Can you get a get a car? Wow. Twenty-two hundred comet. Yes, it is a comet. So um, asterisk. Boris Segal. If there's a great, I don't know if you have it on this disc, but if you get a disc of this, uh, check for it. There's a pretty good period uh, at the time making of uh, that comes with the DVD of this. I like the look at the look at the the Corvette Corvette, baby. Hello, take the Corvette, man. Um, There's a period DVD where you get a couple of glimpses of of Segal. He doesn't do on camera interview. But he doesn't look strike me as the guy type of guy who would. But he's the he's the quintessential old school director. He's literally chewing a cigar. He's got a sailor's like watch cap on, and he's just like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Borsegal directed uh, nothing particularly groundbreaking or like, you know, Oscar nominated or anything like that. He was just one of those guys that would direct movies. Um, he does have the strange uh, distinction of being, I believe, the only member of the Directors Guild to die in the line of duty. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sarah's <laughs> take it from there. <laughs> uh, actually, I spoke to someone who worked on that film. He worked on a film called World War Three that was on it's NBC in the late mo- 70s yeah, with Rock movie. Hudson about World War Three, And apparently they had a chopper and he walked into the rear blade. <gasps> Whoa. Uh, yikes. So... R.I.P. Boris Segal. Pretty nasty ending. Wow. Um, yeah. One of the, one of the things that... killed uh, in an accident during the production of the miniseries World War III when he was partially decapitated after walking to the tail rotor blades helicopter in the parking lot. Kenny! Yeah. Of the Timberline Lodge in Oregon. The investigation revealed that he turned the wrong way when exiting the helicopter and walked into oh. the tail rotor. Oh. Died five hours later. Oh, God. Oh. Partially... Yeah. I didn't think there would be a way to make the concept of decapitation more horrifying. Yeah, partial. But putting partially Makes in front it of it. Woodstock, man. So, so this is one of the things that uh, man. saved saved Warner Brothers, uh, in addition to the cash influx of the Kinney Company. Thank you very much, parking lot. Um, is Woodstock was one of their releases right at that transition point, and Woodstock was a huge hit. So the reason he's watching Woodstock is because Woodstock is also a Warner's movie. Sure, they have the, they rights. Have the rights to. So, uh, so it actually didn't... Uh, didn't you know, this movie is set in the far off future year of 1975, was made in 1971, uh, which means that Woodstock's been playing here for quite some time because I think Woodstock came out. Yeah, you know 70. what? But, all, but, also, but also, good. it underlines the whole thing about, you know, the promise of the 60s and, and everything. And right. how basically, yeah, ain't going to happen. The utopian vision of. And, and then, right. I think I, I was telling I just like the idea. I think he watches this because it's just, there's lots of people. Huh. Yeah, that's why that's he like, That's yeah. why he sees it. It's just it's. You nice. know, like remember that. when there used to be people, and and, he's, or that it was just what was on the projector at the time. Well, it's, there's that well, too. Yeah. I mean, the fact <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of choice. It's yeah, not like right. he, but the point is that the reason that you know he doesn't have to come here as often as he doesn't watch the movie is obviously he goes through a lot to do it. I just I was kind of figured thematically it's because look at the shots of all the humans. Yeah, look at the people. You know, yeah. this is this is like the only way he can you know see people anymore. Now, have any of you guys Including ever Dylan. In, in your Yay. life ever had the occasion to try to? String a movie, a reel of film through a movie projector and make that all happen. Yes. Not, oh, yeah. Not through a projector. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But like yeah. a movie theater one or like an old like Super 8 one, though? No, uh, 16 millimeter. Okay, cool. 16 millimeter. I've never certainly. done 35. I haven't okay. done Because I don't know projection. if I could actually figure it out if I had to. If I if I found the abandoned movie theater, <laughs> and I mean like one of those movie theaters where you have to. Re- <laughs> first of all, if you find the switch for the speakers, I guess that's one part. Oh, of it. No, but no. also just don't fuck with the bulb, don't everything else. You have to remember the loops above and below. Very important. Or yeah. else you have too much the size of the loops of film. You can't actually have to leave that. When you're when you're Loading your film into a Bolex or into a camera, you're going to make sure you got your loops above a right. because otherwise you're going to have oh it gets to be because this. it's 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 actually it's rolling constantly top and bottom, but it's still in the middle. It has to be still for that microsecond. It's put, it pulls it down, shutter. Oh, I so see. So you have to have it slack in the top and bottom, otherwise it'll just pull. Didn't know that was how film worked until just now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Huh? So it gives itself a moment of slack every single twenty-four times a second. It needs to. You have that's to have, amazing. So it's not like a tight system. It has to have some slop in it because it's got to do right. it because it. And it'll, if you look at it's fascinating to watch a film film go through projector because that little that little slack loop is just going 24 times a second yeah wow yeah, yeah I, I, film's I totally, actually awesome you I kids, totally you would fuck that up it. and then the apocalypse I would not be able to watch yeah. the Woodstock that's bit. usually a beginner mistake is to loop it too tight and it just snaps immediately just, <laughs> it just snaps the film uh, so yeah he's gonna drive through downtown LA and then suddenly on, be on the Warner's Ranch uh, you know what? Shortly. That's how LA works at the time I don't know <laughs> that's yeah. how LA works for everybody like it, it just you know you just 
you just pop from one movie set to another and you can cross town very yeah, quickly it, that it way. It convinced me. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, even in the apocalypse, yeah. by the way, when everyone now, has miraculously taken their... And now we're in the Warner's ranch. I like how in the apocalypse, by the way, right before everyone had the the, the courtesy to die and leave him all alone by himself in LA, yeah. they all took their cars off the street Which so nice. he can drive yeah. around and he can actually get to places in 20 minutes. Well, he might have cleared some of them off of the street by now also. Just his manual. And oh, also, but where also, was that prequel? But also, mm. but also there's, <laughs> just you individually know, there's the bad guys. They think they've been getting rid of technology too. Well, but also... Yeah, that's what ha- that's what happened in the very beginning, oh, and you yeah. see it happen several times. They they know he drives around, so they they set booby traps. Aha! They, here's one of them. They push they push cars in places where he wouldn't. He, they weren't yesterday, and so it's trying to wreck him. So this, I just love this scene so hard. This is this is the scene that made me just love this movie so much. It's just like okay, this is just crazy. What's going on right now? Look, oh, that's a great shot. Yeah, wow, this look guy's, at that. Oh, because he's jump. jumping out. That guy's right. jumping all of like four feet, and it just looks great because of the camera. And angle. here he comes. But this, and also welcome to the seventies when you could just outright. Boom. Machine gun paste a guy and have blood fly on the yes. Hello, kids. <laughs> Charlton Heston making a movie. Blam! I right. just, oh, I I'm love killing that. Killing everybody. Yeah, and there's by the way, those aren't like there's not a gun effect. That's a real gun. That's just him killing people because yeah, he's, he's richer than they are. Yeah, that was just going of, around and killing the extras. Uh, like, oh, come on, come on. Anyway, I just I you mean, take two. For for we, you know we, when you see movies enough and we've done them and movies from this period and earlier periods it's like wow w- enough with all the geez thirty minutes of explanation and you haven't even started your plot this movie doesn't have that problem not mo- at all this movie is like you know I you know, it's I can't think of too many earlier examples of a movie that said you know what what if we just like start and and start with the good stuff and not deal with exposition yeah, and, yeah, and it right. teases out what happened over the course of the entire movie yeah they're gonna like go a- back and set up everything that you need to know but boy talk about it again if if you aren't grabbed by by now going, I wonder what's happening in this story. Yeah, fuck that, it, you're not a person. Yeah, this movie's not for you. I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> what was Charlton Heston? Um, oh, there we go. There's the Friends Fountain. <laughs> they were very small no. actors. They were very small actors. No, actually, actually, they did the Friends thing. That's the war part of the Warner's lot where they shot the Friends intro. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah that, if, you, if you look yeah. at the, the beginning, you can see Neville's house in the background. Yeah. And that, that square. That set piece is still there on the Warner's Ranch. You weren't kidding? That's Neville. the real thing? I thought it was way bigger than that. Uh, well, they may have put in another fountain, but that whole square yeah. is the same that, thing. That installation is no the same one. Way. Yeah. What? I'm learning so much today. And that's, it's almost like they make all the movies in the same place. And, you should do and this that's every why, week. That's, no, why right? everyone, that's why everyone on Friends is immortal now, because they all got... Neville Blood. Oh, uh, wow. Well, here we go. Pressing the button. Yeah, here's and a that's, nice that's the start of the cut. war. That's an interesting segue, yeah. yeah that's now, he, a, now, he's been the only one to talk so far. He's been the he's the only voice we've heard in however long we've been on the phone. And the very next one is Anthony Zerby, which I, I was a lifelong fan of Anthony Zerby because of this movie. I just every time he would show up in something else, I'm like, Anthony, Matthias! That's <laughs> right. Matrix. Yes, yeah, Matrix, whatever, reloaded. I know. It's so crazy that he's like, like well, hey, he's in the Matrix. That's hi, I'm right. Jonathan Matthias. Yeah. <laughs> hi, I'm Brian Williams. Wait, was he in the, who was he in the Matrix Reloaded? He's just one of the council. He was with the, the council guys. Yeah. Along oh, with, he's, along like, he's like the main guy, Cornell right? Wilde. Yeah. 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 Well, he is the main guy. Yeah. yeah. See, you learn something else. I just all day long. It's awesome. I, I think it's, I. they don't make a big, big deal out of it, but I always thought it was really kind of, I, I liked, and obviously it's a story, it's efficient for the story, is the fact that he's a known guy, that he's a, he's a fa- semi-famous guy, he's a broadcaster. It's like as if well, after the after the apocalypse, Walter Cronkite said, "Well, good luck, everybody. Anyone who wants to join my cult, by the way, come on down. <laughs> uh, you're used to hearing my voice, and let me tell you what to do. So, uh, and I'm good at it. So, why don't you just join my cult? So, the idea that the guy that that the 
you know, the broadcaster becomes the cult leader is kind of just an interesting choice. Well, it's, it's like uh, in uh, The Postman, Tom Petty's character, who was the rock star. Yeah. Same type of thing, you know, in the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. So, so here you have Julius Caesar, who he, play, he talks, who plays chess with. And this actually was fascinating. He'll come up to it in a second, is where he turns on the TV with the, uh, <laughs> yeah, this, with, with the, with the camera. Unlike in it, in Silent Running from the same era, this movie actually had the, has the, had the money to do optical effects. Yes. Which are near, not nearly as good as actually having live television. <laughs> television <laughs> right uh, but look at that. uh, that's just yeah. how it is but the fact that you know look at the, that they did it in the simplest possible way which is just to mirror the actual shot we're in where's the camera exactly i don't understand <laughs> yeah uh but uh you know again and, and, I, and I the, love- the shot in the tv moves in yeah again. exactly it's like all those all those choices and even you know again I would grow up to be a media kind of person, but even at the age of like 14, watching it on television, I would kind of go, that doesn't quite work for me. That doesn't make a lot of sense how that works. I'm, I'm one of my pet peeves, and people do it to this day, is is the security camera that moves and zooms on its own uh, yeah. to exactly what the, you need to look at. No, uh, that yeah. just bugs the crap out see, of me. See, once again, the whole thing of him, you know, him talking to himself. This is what really impressed me the past few times I've seen it. Is that it? it it's still just him. It's his voice, and this was really unconventional for Charlton Heston at the time. I mean, he was, you know, he was superhero, uh, famous actor, that kind of thing. So to do this kind of thing was much, much different. Was this? I mean, in know, a way, kinda... it's, a, it's like a desert island film with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The savages. I, I love the the, the miniature. Oh, that's uh, awful. Is uh, is quite something. It's like, oh, okay. That we're was, not gonna. Yeah, we're not gonna notice that. They were out there swinging. <laughs> oh boy, God, oh, I love them. I, I think I I like that they made the attempt. I like that they that they tried. You know, that was like somebody like there's some guy who's like, no, it'll totally work. It'll be great. It'll be you know, and it almost works. See, I, see, I don't have. A I didn't notice it yeah. until I saw this movie in high res on TV. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it probably did work in yeah, seventy one like, and then like, on TV afterwards. <laughs> See, I don't find. I mean, I grew up in the time of Charlton. Charlton Heston was my is my aunt's favorite actor, so I definitely grew up in a house with a like Charlton Heston. So, and also Ben Hur, Ten Commandments, all that kind of thing. So, and, yeah. and he looks kind of like my dad too. Okay. My dad's got the same kind of sharp Roman features. So, now these guys are ugly. Yeah. Well, this is well. Oh, fine. Be a be a talk about anthropomorphic. <laughs> Man, I want that guy's sunglasses bad though. Those are some good sunglasses. So here's this is. This is a hurdle you have to overcome in watching the movie nowadays. Um, you know that this this is where it's like they could have done a little better with you know with the makeup job and and I I personally just I it's okay and within the context of the kind of the zany kind of way this movie is assembled it's like I I I could do with a little bit less of the why are we talking like this exactly I don't know. Um, After you nearly die, your voice becomes very You have to talk this way when you're a villain, you know. You become a bad Shakespearean yes. actor. But, but even here, he's, he's you know, he's... It he's makes sense for truth. him to do it. Absolutely. It makes sense for him to do yeah, it. Yeah, dude, you just call leader. That's all. They're just copying him, man. Yeah. Monkey see, monkey do. Honky paradise, Honky brother. paradise, yes. Yeah. The, the book burning is also a little on the nose. Well, but they, I, I they don't think getting it's rid of the world. I don't think it's on the it's on the nose because that's what the movie is kind of about. This movie's chosen to be about right technology versus but it, you know. But in the sense of oh, here are the bad guys. Oh, what are the bad guys doing? They're burning books. <laughs> well, in that sense, actually, I think you're just saying the Nazis were being on the nose. <laughs> oh, we I'm, not, I'm not arguing. This so I'm cliche not. that you know, guy, you guys, can't you come up with something? Cannot else? say that you did not see that coming. <laughs> Sorry, well, everybody. Well, Neville Chamberlain sure saw it coming, and he oh, chose to do it. Anyway. No, which brings this is completely the wrong analogy. Which brings us back to Neville. So that's a, so I like I I always admired when I was a kid, even I just the 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 aspect of this that you know here's this guy with literal you know hell is breaking loose outside, and he's inside 
maintaining some semblance of what he considers civilization, but he's also pretty much going batshit at the same time. Well, too. exactly. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's losing it. He's losing his mind in there, and and this movie, although as we said earlier, it it does kind of come down on well, you know, it's pretty clear who the good guy is, and there's not a lot of ambiguity to it. Um, Matthias makes his point that you know again in, in good in good writing fashion matthias's point makes sense to matthias right yeah and and at least he's not like we hate all the blue things you know it's like he's got a legitimate grievance and a legitimate reason to be behaving the way mm-hmm. he does um but the movie itself doesn't come down with much ambiguity as to you know who's good and bad but um as in a way that again the book is completely the opposite but uh, i like the fact that uh, you know neville is yeah neville is not pristine and golden at all no no he's no. he's nuts and his 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 situation isn't any more long-term and successful than than matthias's is really uh, when the movie starts i mean the whole thing is that he, you know he, there's so many different stories packed in there but the idea is that he's not letting go of his old uh, this shot just this was horrifying yeah this this whole this, scene was great yeah and they're dead yeah i mean and, and you have to remember this is uh, this is once again around the time of the apes films and the big thing about the apes films is that kids for some reason love the apes films they started marketing to them i know and the apes films That's are weird. completely for adults and this one also i'm i'm saying is that I mean, here i am at 10 years old and i'm fascinated by this, yeah, this and i was really why were kids fascinated all this because it really captures the kind of like the i think the imaginative zeitgeist at the time right i'll bet the, you it's a, for a similar reason as kids are really into like dinosaurs and shit like that because at a certain point when you're a kid you're just obsessed with the things that have power over you and that organize the world and to think there's things bigger than the powers that you deal with your parents you know dinosaurs are like they're more important than my parents are We're like why are, why are all the adults dead what's <laughs> yeah. going on what, what's going on in the world that's making the power shift so dynamically like I'm usually in the bottom here did I just move up yeah you know or did my parents just move down at least right within the same I mean Andromeda Strain was within a year or oh, two yes. of this movie as well and Andromeda Strain this does I think Andromeda Strain predates this I believe yeah. by a year or so so this movie did kind of take a page from Andromeda Strain because Andromeda Strain has a wonderful if you haven't seen that a wonderfully eerie and odd sequence of an entire town that's been wiped out by a plague and shows you all the dead people who just fell in their tracks that same mm-hmm. kind of idea and uh, so so that again and and you have to you have to also put this movie in a certain historical context that you can't you can you can grasp but can't relate to um this is also we're, we're deep in the Cold War, and although usually the emphasis on the Cold War was was nukes, um, also biological yeah. warfare was was a, was an idea. I, that, I love the fact that they set some giant hellacious fire in the background of that helicopter. I know shot. this is the water light. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once again, so no, it's just the water oh, light. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these beautiful flares. The entire movie, by the way. Oh, the, the movie is shot yeah. really well. The exteriors, all the well, exteriors, the exteriors are shot, are shot really well. The interiors Studio are shot like ass. Crap is yeah, yeah. The, the one of the ways that you know it's it's very it's very much of its time is is the the bad very un, uninteresting lighting and, and cinematography. Um, and here's I, I love this is this is the this is the cliche way that helicopters crashed for fifty years in movies is the guy would flail behind a hill and then you'd set off a bomb on top of the hill. <laughs> right. This is the only way you could crash a helicopter in a movie or a TV show. And you see this this trick all the time. Whenever a helicopter goes below the horizon, you know what's next. Three, two, boom. Three, two, one. Go. Good. That looked and great. Here, actually, they did a little other trick here when they did this. Uh which we should wait for, I suppose. I guess it was, was going to happen. Any <laughs> yeah, in my imagination, like it, was, it happened already. It seemed, but okay. like was gonna, it seemed like he was going to go. Oh, that's right. That's because he blacks out. Spot, that's right. He's actually... Yeah, uh, he's trying. Brian, yeah. would you rather spontaneously die of a horrible choking sensation than later be reborn as a weird undead person or uh, crash in a little uh, tourism helicopter? There you go. All right. And what was the trick? It was a dissolve. 
They just they, oh, did, they just well, showed they, a different. They did explosion. a jump cut. But this movie has a lot of little jump cuts in it where clearly timings didn't quite work out, yeah. and, and a, there'll be a little jump cut. Anyway, um, what I was getting at is, as as a kid in you know at the age of eleven or twelve or whenever I started to catch this on on television, you know the idea that this isn't. This isn't like, oh, what a kooky, nutty science fiction thing. This is kind of like, well, this is akin to watching a movie about post-nuclear war. It's like, this is a scenario that, not that people would turn into zombies, but that the world could be devastated by an intentional plague, um, and there's nothing we could do about it, was very much a real-world possibility. It still is, yeah, but we just don't this, think about this it This is what happens much. if the anti-vax movement takes any more skin. <laughs> exactly. This is what happens if they weaponize uh, Ebola. No, well, in or, fact, or, this was or, all shot on the, on Disneyland, at Disneyland. Yeah. This is a giant anti-vax thing. Um, I love the ancient uh, uh, weapons. It's interesting how Trebuchet. Matthias oh, has kind of. Matthias clearly has sort of picked a go-no-go point for technology. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Amish. Yeah, it's like, like uh, buttons are yeah, fine, it's like but buttons zippers are fine, are. But zippers are out. So, so for yeah, this they're, they're like militant Amish. That's what uh, Matthias is all about. Anyway, the, um, the, the interesting just point of fact is just to kind of give you a, a reference is uh, my dad, who often would have to sort of accompany me to to you know these movies that I demanded to go as see. one does when one is a child exactly you know and and would uh, sort of had to kind of suffer through these things, not being much of a, a you know specifically anyway a science fiction guy. Um, uh, he he always. And we didn't see this in the theater, but it would be on TV and we watch it. Um, this movie, of all the ones that I would, you know, Andromeda Strain and everything else, uh, he, he particularly didn't care for this one because he felt it was the most plausible. Oh, uh, the, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this was the one that just, the idea it, it, that... It weirded him out. Yeah, the idea that, yeah, some jerk-off could open the wrong vial in, in China and we're all dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, was very much uh, a, a thing that uh, was preying on his mind. And, and, and so. back to that, by the way. Uh, Brian, you never answered yeah. the question. <laughs> if you're going to die yeah. in a tourism helicopter or a weird biological warfare victim, what do you pick? Uh, well, if the bio- once? if the biological thing brings me back, then that one. <laughs> I wonder to what it extent doesn't, it doesn't bring you back. Well, well, by the way, I like the idea that possibly it brings you back exactly as you were, and this is just a group of really fucking weird people. Like that's <laughs> what that's what they were like. <laughs> that's the thing. If there's, if there's it's, any just, real... it's just your skin and their eyes, and they're just yeah, upset. That's by all. It. Just that's they got all. a weird yeah, coloration exactly. difference. It's that's like, all. would you, yeah, would you would well, you want I, to live on if your peer group afterward was going to be like four chan? You well, know, it's like well, but actually. Actually, in the film, wow. basically, he, he says they're dying. He's, you know, because he, his doing his research, they're slowly all dying. Yeah, and he just, wants to help them. And they're like, we don't want your help. They're the different. They're the they're the people who have a semi immunity, but it doesn't mean they're going to they're going to live. live. Exactly. They, they just have the, I like this. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who are you talking to? It's great. Yeah. Just the idea. Again, he's he's gone completely batshit. Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> he's, ta- he talks to himself yeah. and he pulls out the fire extinguisher and he's going to shoot himself some uh, some bad guys. And, yeah. uh because he has to because well now here's the interesting thing did he start killing them or did they try to recruit him well so they they reference a little uh later on where he says you know oh i tried i even captured one at one point to try to to help them right and so it's following that same framework uh so presumably i i always i felt the implication but maybe this is coming from i am legends the will smith i am legend that he captured one to try to, you know, work on it medically and fix the situation. And then they obviously took that as a sign of aggression and that conflict started yeah. there. Yeah, I Am Legend. Wouldn't again, you? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I Am Legend. This movie does, it uses, it basically uses it as a plot point. Yeah. But it, do, it doesn't use it in the way that the book used it. Right. In the sense of, and that was wrong for you to do that. Yeah. Don't you get that? I mean, in this, he legitimately 
it you know this movie doesn't have the have the balls and i don't blame them yeah let's talk about the ending for going the, the full route with what the original book was talking about so and, he, and sort of each each iteration of this movie gets a little closer and as, as again if you know the history of the movie i am legend with will smith they at least tried to do the real quote-unquote ending of the book although they still hedge their bets by having the vampires be i mean you know, vampires or whatever you want to call the creatures they kind of vary from movie to movie but they they did hedge their bets by having them be very, very inhuman where they don't talk and they're kind of weird and animalistic and creepy and scary. The book, they are sentient. The book, they are more akin to vampires is more well, appropriate. So, like, you can talk to them. You have a conversation well, with them. But in the book, there's two kinds. In the book, there's the vampires and then there's the ones who actually can talk. And that's the whole thing is that he was confusing the two of them. Yeah. He was killing everybody. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they were light sensitive. They were getting to be, you know, like not be as, as light sensitive. So so anyway, but they... Always, in, in their original book, by the way, let's let's hit that yeah, ending in the to book. Get, to get to that idea. Is this, the premise is always the same. There's been a blah blah um, a plague of some kind. The reason for it doesn't matter. Is the story um, natural or, or man-made? Um, one guy is all alone and in in various incarnations is either trying to find a cure or is at least trying to eradicate the horrifying mutant humans that have Horde arisen. Of whatever, yeah, that have arisen. You know, most of humanity is gone. Uh, everyone, as far as the guy knows or can tell, uh, has been mutated into these you know horrifying things that aren't human. And he proceeds to either and or hunt them down and or try and fix them, um, or at least survive them, depending on again which movie or the version of the story you're talking about. Treating them like tigers or something. Yeah, like you know, oh my gosh, we, kill have, them. we have to eradicate these terrible inhuman beasts. Um, no version of the movie, and again, the last one tried, but the ending got changed and they backed away from it. Um, no version of the movie has gone the route of the book, which is to end by going where the vampires finally get hold of him and go, dude, quit it. We're people. Just <laughs> stop. Yeah. Knock it off. It's like, don't do the math. There's one of you and the rest of us are us. Why are you killing us? Well, it's not just that. It's that at the end they execute him. What? Well, no, eventually. So you're talking plot. I'm talking theme. Right. The the idea of you know that okay. that that you know they that's the whole point of the heroic guy trying to eradicate the world of terrible things. The terrible thing says, "Dude, you're the terrible thing right. in this world." It's like that joke about there's someone driving the wrong way on the highway. You got to be careful. One, yeah. there's a thousand of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the thing, the thing that you know, the thing that comes when you're sleeping and tries to murder you. That's you. <laughs> That's right. what you're doing. You're the boogeyman. There's only one of you, and you have no right to say that we shouldn't exist. Which seems like a wonderful twist ending for a book, and I don't know why three times. There are people who are just like, it just bums everyone out? Is that the I whole thing? I think it's just a it, little too much to try and tell a mainstream movie-going audience. That, that, that basically they're the bad guy, yeah. 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 Huh. That the status quo is over, and you should get used to it, is not something that mainstream well, like, movies like to say. There's only so much of this movie that, like, there's there's a reason for it to exist without that point. Like, it's just a fun, it's just a fun it, it just becomes, apocalypse it just all. becomes an apocalypse Unless movie. it's like, no, you see what the point of this was, was that Which, when you just drive around fucking like indiscriminately shooting your Tommy gun at buildings, guy. Yeah. Uh, so this movie certainly uses that setup, but doesn't, I mean, Matthias says it, but again, the movie kind of says, but Matthias is clearly crazy and bad and wrong. Well, but Eric Lenouville's character also says, it. hey man, you're, you're, you're killing yeah. everybody. So the, the ideas are there, but in terms of the movie's attitude, it doesn't go the full route of the book. 
it uses those ideas, but just as Starship right. Troopers used all the same plot points, but made a completely different thematic movie out of them hence, than, than the book. I, I think hence, the, he is yeah. legend. He is the scary well, yeah, monster he, yeah, legend yeah, guy. Yeah. He's the boogeyman. He's the thing that comes and gets you in your sleep, and you should be aware of him. <laughs> but in this, this movie, but, he's not legend. He's just the last one. Yeah. That's all. But he's the Omega Man. Yeah, he's the Omega Man. He's the last man. But at the same time, this came at. I think at the right time to kind of hit a nerve, at least with us as children, where it made sense about what he was doing. And then you kind of see it. I mean, at the time, totally didn't see the whole thing that he was the bad guy right. until much, much later. When you're a kid, it's book. just like, keep fighting the good fight, Heston, let's do this. Yeah. Well, he's the survivor. He's the last, he's the last man on earth, which right. is what the first one was called. And uh, with yeah. Vincent Price. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very counterculture kind of thing to, like, to go, you know, to, especially to a young child, you know, who wants to tell their child, hey, you know, um, you know, I'm pretty much I'm the arbiter of all things in your life. And I t- give you all of your moral uh, impetus. Um, you should question that, like to the ground level, everything <laughs> that I've ever said. And maybe everything I've told you is completely not true and invalid. Well, you have now. to ask yourself, kid, can I call you kid? Is uh, <laughs> do I really have your best interest at heart? Yeah. Bye. That's the thing you need to ask yourself, son. What's my motivation and what am I getting out of all this? Well, good night. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> yeah. Movies don't like to, you know, it's, 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 we're back to the Goldman, the William Goldman thing is like, you know, that's an independent movie thing. An right. independent movie thematically wants to unsettle you. A mainstream movie wants, wants to, to placate re- you, wants to reassure you. But yeah. that's more, that's more modern. I mean, this, this was happening at the time in the sixties and seventies where they definitely wanted to unsettle you. They still steered clear of the original ending though, which and, is the fun part. And corporate. And also it's part of the, you know, this, we're, we're also as parking we've, lot company as we've talked right. about yeah the parking lot company didn't quite have a grip on we know how to make <laughs> movies now and tell people what to do it's such a weird detail and and you know the uh, we're in that sense of we're in that easy rider phase where it's like you know i we have no idea what's going to be a hit movie just i'd sure make that fine <laughs> like when the eisenhower administration made alien movies for yeah like, that sounds sure go ahead what you know so at that this i think that that's because of a lot of the reasons that we've talked about, again, if you listen, if you combine our com- commentaries for Cowboys and this and Silent Running and, and get a sense of what the early 70s, you know, what a huge upheaval was going on and multiple levels in the movie industry and how some really interesting offbeat movies have come out of that that just haven't ever existed before or since. That just you go, how did how would that how, that would no one would make that now. No one would no one would have made that before and no one would has made it since. And the Omega Man and Silent Running and all those kind of movies are are, are in that zone when we were we were neither here nor there in the movie industry and anything kinda anything could happen. Yeah, I mean this is yeah, this is like man on deserted island. I mean this is real. I'm trying to think back of any films like the, like this. I'm just trying to figure back why this was so fascinating to me back then, other than it just was. I mean, yeah. it, certainly it, just the setting and the topic. I mean, you know, yeah. thematically, as you said, you get to later in life. But just in terms of like, wow, this is just what a crazy, Just wild, the idea of having the thing. entire city to yourself. Well, yeah. well it was very... Yeah, so, yeah it's a, a very fulfillment it, sense to that of like, oh, you can go wherever and... Drive on the side of the road. Yeah, take right. what, take whatever no you rules. want. Look, yeah. this, he's just playing there's, with the There's an appeal to that, clearly. There's yeah. an appeal to that. Yeah. No one no one can resist. There's an appeal there. Yeah. And it's, so it gets to rip on, I mean, basically on the commercialism of the 60s. No rules, no consequences. Yeah. yeah. And you can you don't have to pay for anything. I like how he's like, yeah, I don't care about that. One. I do like, I mean, that's one of the things about it is just the, the sort of like re- re- reductive simplicity of it, which is there's only one rule, which is if you get caught by those guys, they'll kill you. Right. So just don't do that. 
and have fun driving the car all over the yeah. city. And you're allowed to tote a weapon and kill them if you're spying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why, I mean, if you look at what goes on in, in places like Beirut and stuff, it's like, you know, that's there are people who are actually it's living. a bunch of people trying they're to do They're living this scenario. Um, as P.J. O'Rourke famously said, when teenage boys' fantasies start coming true, it's time to get out of town. Uh, so the, sure. <laughs> when, when, oh, yeah. when you can, like, drive around your neighborhood with a machine gun and shoot people with impunity and impress girls. That's probably not a good sign for your civilization right at that moment. That's when us weaklings go find a place in the hills. Yes, that's when that's uh, which, by the way, Trey, speaking of like play, getting finding a place outside the city in the hills at a certain when we get Dude, to the house later, the, don't don't touch the mannequin. When we get no. to the house later. <laughs> don't, I was don't, like, do it, do it, do it. Do, oh, do it. Oh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. And we'll get to Rosalind Cash in a second because this is important. But go ahead. Just but, we, that like I was I, I was I, like, did you what point were you when you were picking your house? We were like, which one? is the most oh, like the one that they oh, live no. in a Mega Man. I, when like, I first bought the house that I had up in the hills my first friend that came to visit me was my friend Jeremy and we share we, we you know we have all the same references all the same touchstones. we all the same references he, that son of a bitch that son of a bitch came to my house which was on top of a hill and was pitch dark at it's, night he came to my house and knocked on the door and I opened up the door and you know I had, I had one of those metal gates where you can't sure. see you can't see unless the porch light is on you can't see who's out there so I'm looking at it pitch blackness <laughs> I'm assuming it's Jeremy because who else would it be but out of the darkness, but who else would it be? Out of the darkness, my friend Jeremy goes, Neville. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay. You're lucky I didn't come to the door with my with my fucking machine gun because I'm not having that shit. I was just like looking at that building. I'm like, I think Trey picked that house. You picked your yeah. dog because of fucking the movie. Road Warrior. Road sure. Warrior. Yeah. I was like, you picked his house because it's like, no, I've this been, is the most like, if shit goes down. I've been planning all of this and that's when I, then I switched to a boat. I'm like, even better. This boat is like. It's got all the aforementioned high points, but also it fucking floats and shit get away. goes down. I just push it off from the dock right. and go, Good luck, everybody. So then, with Dawn of the Dead, you're just like, all right, one uh, by one. Yeah. See, again, they're removing my options, but uh, so let's talk. So, the about next, so based on this whole premise, what your next house will be is a spaceship, I think. Well, it's a biodome in this. Yeah, biodome. Or yeah, I'm gonna. How is he both easier. muscular and flabby at the same time? That's because he was in his 50s. You'll find out. Oh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to find out. No. Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> so this, yes, you, you all know this giant uh, park that's in the middle of downtown LA, right? No. Um, this actually... It's Pershing Square. We're back to... Yeah, that's no. the yeah. remnants of Pershing Square. Yeah, that would be actually funny, very Planet of the Apes-y kind of touch of it. In the middle of all this just like overgrown weeds, there's the Pershing statue. Oh, he's in Pershing Square. Um, yes, no, we're back on the Warner lot. Um, anyway, uh, Rosalind Cash. Let's talk about Rosalind Cash for a second. Let's get in front of this one before it hits hard which it's going to later um i just i'm, I'm gonna put it out to the young ones in the, in the audience here uh how does rosalind cash the character I mean, that's the actress's name uh, uh how does she strike you as shut your mouth yeah how does she strike a, you a as little a uh a little a little like the two jive talking characters from airplane a little bit whoa <laughs> okay. wow Tig, how does she strike you Fine. how did you feel when she said she'll turn you back and forth up and down she'll turn you all right um i mean like, like she's putting on airs. Frankly, I didn't. It I didn't occur to me that it would be anything else. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. And you know, Sarah can uh, can. Uh, she was just playing. I, her, I don't know. I don't know what Canada, her part. I don't know, I don't know what Canada was like. Um, yep. Seeing this, seeing this now, I was like, I can kind of go. Yeah, I can kind of see how this is going to read a little strange. I will have to say again, context is very important. At the time, and yes, this is a bunch of white people writing words for a, a, a black actress to say, and she's a little hyper black, but she's not out of the realm. I'm, I mean, those, those people existed and still exist. We just don't see them as often, but the, again, this is the late sixties, early seventies, the hyper militant 
leather clad i'm in your face with an afro the size you can't even imagine i mean the thing that scares white people all in one big you yeah. know a black woman with a gigantic afro who was not taking your shit um they existed they walked the streets there were herds of them um and uh, and you see them on not only just on in movies and tv but they were on the news uh you know it's she's not she is a stereotype but she is a real there are people like that they existed i mean i just wonder yeah, she, no it didn't occur to me there's being impossible yeah there's really brown yeah there's yeah. really there's you know there's really i think you sort of see that now and go wow Maybe it's that's just from movie culture what kind of insane caricature is that it's like she's yeah she's they're no. pushing it with that character yeah. but really she's not like she's not like not you know, within the realm of possibility no, yeah i, I had no problem accepting it myself. yeah I, I mean i totally but yeah what, I, mean, I, I never have a problem like watching it now and going yeah, that's probably a little over the top, but not that far, you know, for yeah, it's, the, it's for, movie. The, for the context. I'm, I'm just asking because yeah. of your historical yeah. context. But, like, like you don't you don't see them now. You don't see those kind of. But you see them in movies. Yeah, I mean, but, and I just. But you know. it's like you know, yeah, yeah, you see vampires in movies too. But well, uh, I didn't see any other black people in the '70s either because I wasn't there for either example. Right, but and like, Sarah's was in Canada. So. I, but I see, oh, but I see, we, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it oh, seems yeah, like there, most there, of the black people no in movies from the seventies are like that more than otherwise. But the, I think it, I think it is well, it is a weird. cultural would be be uh, movies because you had Foxy Brown, you had all the I don't I'm trying to remember the other ones with Pam, the films with Pam Greer, sure, and Cleopatra Jones, right. well, and all that. And all I'm saying is like those aren't cartoons; they are. Yeah. No, I know, right. but yeah, sure. Yeah, I just I'm talking about you know this is. It's just like a lot of things like you know there's a lot of movies that I see and you go yeah that's oh no oh, that's terrible they shouldn't have done that and they shouldn't have put that in a movie that's so silly and ridiculous it was it's like, of its but, time but yeah. it's true it's real anyway hang on flag on the play Brian yeah. has a hand uh, so Matthias says uh, he is of the of the wheel and do we use like the wheel like, after shots these are great uh, do we use the wheel like he does or in, but their trebuchet was totally on wheels <laughs> well I think like he does which is the is the is the, the weasel motor. phrase where he's getting he's getting away with murder. Oh. It's like he doesn't. They, they have a wheel, but they don't have cars. They don't build you know trains. Uh, and, Matthias, he's just like really, no he's, a, he's a pragmatic hipster. That's all. But yeah. that, he just doesn't want motors. He doesn't want electricity. Doesn't want. Well, then he motors. should say motor instead of wheel. <laughs> um, well, we can get that question. <laughs> Look, to him if Brian, you when you are an undead cult good. leader, you can pick whatever weird words you want to describe listen, simple concepts. Listen, listen, listen all listen, I'm saying, if, if all I'm saying is, if I were chained to a table, <laughs> I would be calling it a objection. Excuse me. Hey, objection, Your Honor. I saw clearly saw wheels on your trebuchet, and it just, ladies and gentlemen, the jury. Excuse me, sir. One question. I'm Brian Fan after TMZ.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from YouTube. Uh, uh, before you kill me, eviscerate me in front of your. Uh, hi, everybody. There's, there's I, another one. one question. Was that cut. was a jump cut. Yeah. The little timing cuts where, you know, extra, extra, extra white hands didn't come in fast enough. Sir, you do have a rolling chair. Yeah. I like, I like this, this scene is neat. I think they could have gone even further. The fact that when it's just the two of them, Matthias is maybe not quite so fucking right. crazy. He drops the, he, he no, takes off not. his wig yeah, or whatever. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, all right, now seriously, I've got, look, I, I, I get your deal, Matthias, but you, you see what I'm trying to do <laughs> yeah. here, right? We have you know? fun. We have fun. Yeah, but seriously. We, we have fun, but seriously, you and I, you know, okay. a little later, we're going to have to go burn you in yeah. the stadium. You know, that's happening, but, but you know, for now we can talk yeah. like people. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'll, yeah. see you later. I'll see you later. <laughs> right. I'll see you out there. Have fun. Try and have fun with it. <laughs> That's the important thing. Uh, you know what? We're all here for the game. <laughs> Look, we're going to do the dunce cap thing. You know how it works. It's it's a, that whole thing, you know, because we're all about the medieval thing here. The, 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 the kids, they love it. They love the medieval stuff. So we, we go with that. Hmm. But um, and yeah, here he's. I'm going to miss you. I guess I'm going to admit I'm going to miss you. I'm not sure how I'm going to, you know. I'm not sure what we're going to do tomorrow. Uh, that's, uh, we're going to have to figure something else <laughs> yeah. out. I'm going to be honest. I don't have it yet. Yeah. So he's even saying he's denied there's a cure or anything, that there's no that t- technology. I'm telling you, this it's is, Jenny McCarthy. That's I who can, he is. Yeah. No, 
Ah. No, I think it's. I, mean, I don't think it's a matter of Jenny McCarthy. I think it's just a matter of how this was already showing the pushing against technology, and you're seeing a lot of it these days, also in terms of how technology it just is really expanding. It's just the way we are. We we get sure. more and more technologically advanced, and this was a perfect example of like, well, if you mess it up, you're yeah. going to have a guy like this who's going to say. Fuck you guys. You killed it all. You yeah. are gone. The and more you build upon the premise of technology can be good, when you get to the point where you've built just so much of it, any one person rejecting the premise that technology can be good is rejecting more and more and more the more sort of like life you stack on top of the basic assumption that you can use technology and wheels. <laughs> if I, I I will say this if if I had to become part of the uh, the the zombie horde I want the, I want the sparkly outfit look at the look at the bling on that one that's like wow that is some that is some serious bling Where'd I just like the idea you? they're like Clark why is it sparkly they they ran out of normal fabric at all the there's only two Joannes in post apocalypse Angeles <laughs> and, and it was this or taken. felt and, and we're not allowed to make oh, any more oh you can see yeah, the camera you can, totally, oh. you can totally see the camera crew in that close up shot they had this and they had terry cloth Clarence I don't like your attitude. Yeah. Now, now, this, this, now, this was a coup de, coup de resistance. This was like Beneath the Planet of the Apes, the unveiling yes. of, oh, yeah. their, Very much of their this, mark. This movie is taking some of its beats from, from Planet of the Apes. Uh, beneath. Even better. Yeah. Look at that. Those eyes. I revealed myself to that, my bomb. That guy on the right needed to be in makeup a little bit longer. Yeah. 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 It's it, Again, it's interesting what, you know, the... The, the aspects, a lot of the technical aspects of this movie are not that great. And it's not a big budget movie by any means either. It's kind of the, you know, the, the kind of the programmer. It's, it's kind of a B movie from the get go. It's just kind of odd that Charlton Heston is the lead of it. That's, that's the, that's kind of the surprise. But yeah, in terms of like a lot of the technical stuff, that's, that's the cheese that you have to kind of overlook. Yeah. Is, is, you know, the makeup, not so great. The, the cinematography, not so great. Um, the, uh, you know, I will say this. Um, and I and I and I'm fully okay with pushback from those who are in the know, and by that I mean Teague. Um, just as yesterday on the black hole, and I said that I'm often um, score blind that I don't you know pay attention to. I like an entire movie will go by and I don't uh-huh. I don't know anything about the, what the music sounded like because I didn't notice what the music sounded like. And the black hole's music is so god awful that I was <laughs> able I was able to actually Registered. recognize that yeah. there was a score playing. Um, I may be totally alone in this and it may totally be the fact that it's so interwound in my DNA, but I fucking love the score of this movie. I, I love the orchestral rocked out church mm-hmm. organ melange that they've thrown together. And some of these main themes, like the one that's playing right now, if you could hear it right now, that, that main motif, I just... That one like gets to me on such a deep level. Uh, I just love that. I love that riff. And you tell me, <laughs> the only, Teague, well, the only thing that I is it the worst score you've ever heard, or what, what's your take on it? It's pretty goddamn seventies. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. Oh yeah, uh, it is. And but, so am I. By the way, can, I, can, can I just say? But I, I love this score too. Yeah, yeah no, I love it's, it. I mean, I, re- I recall thinking that this seems pretty dated, but other than that, I didn't actually notice the score or like the um, the underscore much. I mean, it didn't call itself out to me like the black. I mean, the black hole score was like in my face. Wouldn't shut up. Yeah. Uh, this and no, wrong. I, That's, that was the. Thing I didn't about. notice any moments except for when it goes into this sort of very interesting, like simple four four time with like a guitar under part of it, where it's like this is kind of a songish piece of score. Oh, yeah. it goes it goes folksy at some point. Yeah, That's really it does when we get out to the woods and the yeah, kids and exactly, all that kind of yeah. stuff. It, it it switches over to that. Um, but I think I love the fact that this the score, especially again, the movie kind of knows what it is. The score doesn't even shy away from. Sometimes it will just do the flat out organ sting, just. Yang! <laughs> <laughs> it's like God love you, God love you, organ score. But also, even for that time, it was kind of an unconventional score. Yeah, that, the scores were changing. The at that crossover. Time too. I just yeah. again, I just really like 
that that sixties slash seventies the the orchestral but there's a you know there's a guitar there's a rock guitar yeah. wailing away in it um, that's that's just again that's it's just, like Lalo Schifrin yeah that's yeah. just where I'm Mission from Possible. you know like the, scored by Boston yeah uh, no, Boston's no Boston's different whoa the that's UFO different. theme and you know sixties uh, sci-fi UFO th- oh yeah, best thing ever. Now, is this space uh, nineteen ninety nine? This is yeah. the Coliseum. This is a uh, Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Coliseum. Coliseum. So one of their bigger, yeah. bigger, more expensive scenes. Um, huh. and, and then my favorite, not stunt in a movie ever, <laughs> which would be which is, that's the motorcycle jump, quote unquote. Uh, yes, which was oh yeah. Well, you step print it and you kind of get away with it. Yeah, um, you just kind of ignore and you just squint your eyes and you're like, okay, yeah. Boris Segal not so much with staging action. Uh, not that great. Uh, with staging action, but this but, was still cool. But uh, you know the, but the, you know, no one was. The, you know, it's not like you know Spielberg didn't exist yet. It's like it's like when you see a really well staged action scene in a in a you know early movie, um, it's it's rare. I mean, it's it's Kubrick. It's it's, it's a lot of uh, you know it's it's a lot of work that uh, wasn't capable. You know. The, the, Cameras weren't particularly mobile. It's like camera setups were hard to do. And, sure. And at that point, it wasn't part of like the contingent of it pays off to do that even. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's like, yeah, I wish they had taken out the car chase scene, though. That was kind of annoying. It's like right now, imagine a movie making more than, I don't know, $100 million at the box office that doesn't have a skyscraper falling over. <laughs> yeah, really. Car chases would probably be about the one, you know, because car chases kind of were a standard. You know, that sure. was a big deal. Like the bullet Because you can, chase. like, as bullet long car as you chase, have... French connection car chase, those are pretty amazing. Yeah. For the most part, unless, like, you don't have much time, you can do one of those fairly cheap. Yeah. But those are different than I'm talking. I'm talking more like physical humans sure. fight scenes. Like you could strap a you could strap a Christian camera symbolism. to strap a camera to a car and and you know run like crazy and get get some good stuff out of that. You know, as long as like, you didn't mind smashing up the camera. Exactly. If the yeah. driver was crazy enough and you you know you could get all, you could get whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I'm just talking about more like hand to hand and and uh, you know action fist people razzling. Yeah, you uh, tended to be a little stodgy by today's standards. But. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, but Smokey and the Bandits, you know, car-wise, is incredible. Now, I don't know about you guys, but yes. I, I win all my fights by use of late-late-moment flash bombs. <laughs> well, it makes sense. It does. Especially no, it makes against, perfect sense. Especially against mutants that don't like the light. That's, that's uh, right. That's but a there's a very one. fine distinction here, because if, they're, if you're fighting a blind antagonist, then they don't do any good at all. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, yeah, so here we Maybe go. Maybe they'll walk into them and be like, ah, it's it stings. Yeah. I, I don't think they send the blind ones out to, to the Coliseum. They think they leave them behind. Yeah. <laughs> so here's Foxy Brown. And uh, <laughs> and, and now the thing is that what the, the, the lines that she says, I don't believe are any more over the top than the lines he says. She gets all the black lines. But uh, the fact that you're never a cap around when you need one is just as cheesy as your living playtex doll. I mean, those are on a, those are equivalently bad lines. But the. You know, so they're 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 at least all, they're both in the same movie. That's that's the good news for them. But I I you have to also I mean if nothing else, although it's over the top and and all that, this is where all of you know just a few years after Kirk kissed Uhura on national television and rocked the world. Yeah, the fact that they have a romance at all is nuts. Well, oh, Goldberg yeah. agrees with you. Yeah, as far as as far as uh, you know, movie history goes, and, yeah. and daring and crazy to have have done. Um, and and Rosalind Cash said in an interview that even for her it was a little daunting. It's like I'm having a love scene with Moses. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not sure how I feel about it. But um, was there was there a backlash? Like was there the 
Fox News of well, the time. Well, there, there was no internet, so backlashes were right. just, you know, in your living room and no one gave a shit. Although, uh, it was a simpler, happier time. In the, yeah. and like in the 90s, Whoopi Goldberg had a show when Charles Heston came on. She was like, I got to tell you, when I was a kid, seeing you get to make out with her, it was the first, like, interracial kiss I'd ever seen in a movie, and it was really awesome, and it was great, and, you know, people there started applauding go. and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, she's, you know, she's, he's, everyone's laughing, it's a fun moment, and she's like, I just wish... It, oh, I wish it would not yeah. be such a big deal anymore. And as like the whole audience is like, yeah, clapping. All of a sudden, Charlton Heston just leaves over and kisses her, just like right then. <laughs> oh shit! In the interview, <laughs> at which point, you know, she just goes like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. boy, Charlton. All right, yeah. I, I like Charlton Heston a little bit more now. Charlton That's Heston awesome. liked guns, but otherwise, you know, he was a really cool guy. Yeah. And at the end of his life, you know, he maybe wasn't thinking that thinking things through that much and. You know, some filmmaker came to his house and asked him hard questions and he wasn't quite up for it. But uh, Charlton Heston was, you know, it's like you want to see when, you know, Martin Luther King is marching in Selma, Alabama. Who sat in the sunglasses behind him? <laughs> it's freaking Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's there is a question. jump. That's an actual Ooh, jump. At these, pri- at these prices, that's pretty good. Into the dark. That's pretty good. That looks like a Hollywood bowl. It, it probably is. No, no, no. Now we're on the war. No, we're actually, in the hill. Now, now, we're yeah, now, now we're in Simi Valley. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or Laurel. But yes, you know, Charlton Heston was, uh, John, you know, Charlton, Charlton Heston was not John Wayne in terms of politics. That's, that's, for, yeah. that's for damn sure. Some liberals like guns. It's just, it's true. I, I, I like guns. I, I think like guns are guns. okay too. I just don't think we should don't think shoot each other with them as much. Them. Yeah. yeah. Man, I want that jacket. Look at that jacket. I know. It's not just it's well, the, the whole outfit. It's the, don't forget the pants. Snake skin. Look at that. There's Brian Tochi. Later became Tigar on a show called Space Academy. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Now, Ooh. there's one moment there that I don't know at what point. I think it was, I feel like it was fairly early on when uh, the, the guy playing Dutch. The actor who plays Dutch, the 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 dude, Mike uh, uh, Coslow, yeah, with, Coslo. his, with his big middle finger jacket. He's going to show up on his bike in a sec and and whip off his helmet and and spit out a big bunch of techno jargon to show that you know he actually was you know formerly was a you know med student yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I I hear it, I heard it early on, and now I can't not hear it. He does a really good job with that blast. Yes, of tech, he does. Yeah, yeah. Except that he says parameters. And I'm, oh, wow. and I'm pretty sure the word is parameters. Oh, the metric system will get you every yeah. time. <laughs> and, and just one of those things that, that it just parameters. Cuts. Yeah, he says parameters. It's early on. We in give, the, we give, uh, uh, we'll give Christopher Lloyd spew. gigawatt, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, it just, oh, it just, it just, parameters. It just, that's really bad. It always amuses me when, when, it, when something can get all the way, you know, 50 people made, most of those words were made up 50 people heard him say parameters and not one person said it's parameters <laughs> see even these kids are scared of him yeah that's and the idea is there yeah, yeah. The, i mean this took me a long time to grasp because as a kid i didn't see that it's like oh it's charlton heston he's the hero it was only later as an adult <laughs> yeah they all, <laughs> they all, have, live, they all have to live in the hills because they're worried that he's, they're that he's gonna kill them exactly yeah, yeah. and that's how they inter- that's how they they wrote the, this part yeah it's, I, I can't remember on television it's like he's got a freaking jacket that gives you the middle finger on the back of it i yeah, yeah i think it turns around yeah i can't i can't i don't remember noticing that so i i'm sure that there probably was a tv cut where it doesn't appear that in many shots um where they probably just cut around you know oh, cut around the few times that you saw the the, the finger because i don't remember going holy shit he's got a jacket that gives you the middle finger i don't think that would have been acceptable for television i never saw this on television i always saw it in the movies and then i saw it on mm. the video i don't think i saw it 
Theat- well, I, it's possible I've never seen this theatrically. I can't imagine what circumstances. Maybe in film school at some point. I've never seen Jerry Maguire theatrically, so yeah. I have no idea what's been cut And I've never out. seen Jerry Maguire at all, so we, <laughs> we play this game all day. But the <laughs> No, the, the point is try watching it. Oh, I've never time. seen Star Wars. Yeah, okay. Oh, is there is there a lot of language in Jerry Maguire? Is that- oh, yes. Okay. That's the whole right. thing, yeah. Tom Cruise is a whole rant. You had me the kid, fuck off. The, the kid, no, the kid is, the whole thing is a kid swears all yeah. the time. Oh, Kids okay. like, which I've never fuck, seen. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh. That kid's <laughs> what? Yeah, that's him the whole time. Oh okay. no! Nice. Johnny Lipnicki is a very nice man. He's a friend of mine. That's so <laughs> no, he was great. It's just I've just, never seen that I version. Just, I just oh re- no, that's I just retweeted that yesterday. Of of uh, you'll never believe what the kid from Jerry Maguire looks like now, and it's oh, a picture yeah. of him and Jerry Maguire just with an <laughs> MS Paint mustache <laughs> put on top. <laughs> like, oh, you'll never believe what the kid from Jerry <laughs> looks like now. He, he's actually Jewish himself. He has a Star of David tattoo. Yeah, Lipnicki, get out of here. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. Wow. You see, I, I, I do have to, I got to catch up on that one. But yeah, but that was a my, star my, my, David, my, you mean a pentagram. Mm. No, mm. it's a sexagram. Or a pentagram? <laughs> it's a sexagram. Se- sexagram, yeah. yeah. Or hex. What, uh, Six point in here. Oh, there you go. Six point is There in, you yeah. go. You caught it, it for just a second. It's got thick. <clears throat> and it's in red, too. Yeah. It's nice and stenciled. So yeah, it's, it's again, you can, you can see that the, the, the Carringtons, um, the, the adapters of this uh, edition, Took took the ideas that were in the book, the idea of but but no, you're the, you know you're a monster too, kinda, you know you kill everything that moves, and we're just as you know ninety percent as afraid of you as as. But then it comes it again. It doesn't it doesn't come out all the way the way the book does, and go and therefore you're bad and you're the one who needs to be destroyed. Yeah. You know, it, no movie version has gone that far. Um, I I will so as Trey has alluded to the I Will Smith I Am Legend two thousand seven version. They did try, and so they shot. They had the original yeah, ending, and then the studio came in and said, "No, no, no, no," and made them redo it for the stupid bullshit ending. However, if you get the Blu-ray, which I did, you can—and I only bought it because this was the case—you <laughs> yeah. can uh, set it so that it will play the original ending, which was even worse. No, worse. No, no, uh, no worse. wasn't wasn't as good as the book ending, I think, because but that was oh, no, no worse. No, in the movie, in terms of the two endings in the movie, would they were just they they both sucked. In I am oh, I thought the well, but the, the original at least was the real ending. Yeah, you know the the original is is dude, you are you stole my girl and are doing science experiments yes. on her and you suck. Right? Yeah, we would like to just take her back and then we will leave you the fuck alone. That's the original ending. Yeah. Um, as, okay. Yeah, that part I liked. Yes. Yeah. The, the the idea that it's kind of weird that the new Hollywood ending is the one where Will Smith doesn't survive. That was a weird choice. I thought it's kind of odd that way. The fact that then yet yeah, again, as we said. Even that version didn't go the whole route right. and yeah. still say, and therefore they're, they're humans and you should just go extinct now. Um, you can, we, we can do it for you or you can just, you know, wait around. That's up to you. It's up to you. Know, fine. But the idea that, no, no, we should, at least the, 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 the new movie, maybe the next iteration, the new movie was like, we should live and let live. They should have their own. We'll go to our place, our walled community, and they'll live in the cities. And what is that an analogy of exactly? I'm not sure yet. But, the, um, but maybe the next version will be the one that goes the whole way where the character just gracefully goes, you're right, humans are done and should go extinct now. Right. Go with God. It, yeah. Well, in, in a way that, you know, looking at this, I mean, it's kind of on, on the nose and obvious, but they're taking an icon like Charlton Heston and basically indicting him and saying, we all think you're a killer. 
You know, that's you're scaring the hell out of us. Scaring the hell out of us, and now you want to save us? Okay, I guess you are not the killer. Oh, and they just said, oh, the, the Christ imagery is starting to pop up all over. They used Christ, Jesus, also, yeah, they, which they deny is is deliberate. Which is kind of like no bullshit. So, sometimes it's like, come on, bullshit. that that is he's crucified. Classic. Well, even, even when he's, he's crucified, crucified, crucified twice. twice. He's crucified twice. <laughs> yeah. He's crucified twice. Yeah. And Three that's times. We call it yeah, because she actually she actually asked him to spread his arms wide like Jesus when she was mm. holding him up. So that's like second time, and of course at the end. Yeah, and the fact that his, his, his blood will save them. Come on now. Uh, so well, yeah, that's so they they. Uh, you know they 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 claim they, especially that last picture when he's in exactly the crucifixion pose Ugh. is uh, you know just they claim they they always claim no no that wasn't intentional at all. Um, <laughs> this is a great fight. <laughs> I just I do love this fight, boy. There's a lot. This it's one of those things. I, I when you see how this whole movie comes out, it's like oh yeah. So he needs a very elaborate. Um, he needs a very elaborate set. It needs a laboratory. It needs a this. It needs a that. It needs the other thing. Um, and uh, so we can rent those props, right? No, you will not be able to rent those props. <laughs> They're going to all have to be bought outright. Uh, if you read the script, you'll see why. There's not a single piece of decor in this apartment that's going to survive to the end of the shoot. Yeah. What highway was that? 210? 210. Up by Selmar, maybe? Uh, uh, Hubbard. The Hubbard exit, specifically. Okay. Um, that wide shot. It was open by then? Yeah. Okay. It was great. You know, there was the heyday of uh, later Chips. Chips is always... Who's back and forth. It'll always be on the 210 freeway. Hollywood Boulevard, 210 freeway. That's uh, how it works. Because back in them days, the 210 freeway was, you know, largely abandoned. There's nothing out there. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Go visit some orange rubs in the reservoir? What are you doing? That TV always fascinated me. Wait, I don't get it. What? He's just no, watching but, but himself no, on the then, screen? You have to understand. Okay. Back then, there was like no... Video cameras. There was no VHS. Like a live feature. No, all you had was like your Super 8 camera if you were lucky, and you'd never project it on your TV. Well, I just don't understand why why he's doing it. Like, it's it's a security system. system. It's a security system. Also, it's his way to like see someone because he doesn't see anyone, so he needs to see himself. But, see but, but from the perspective of where that camera would have to be, it has to be like three feet. Oh, well, wait, now you're talking wait, about wait, execution, and he's yeah, talking yeah. about concept, and you're talking. No, about I just execution. don't understand why well, Neville wants to watch himself walk around. Because he doesn't want to feel so alone. You have a mirror. Those are easier. He, he's a narcissist. Yes, oh. He says he's a narcissist. That's as good a he's by, as He any. lives by himself. He is the, he is the world. That's sure. the definition of a narcissist. He spends a lot of time shirtless on that TV show, let me tell you. That's right. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. 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 He plays chess with Caesar. Charlton Heston is basically made of ribs. So Rosalind Cash passed away, I think, in the 80s. Um, Early on, yeah. Right. yeah she, had, she had cancer. I was looking through the, speaking of the Corringtons, I was looking through their shit. I had no idea who the Corringtons were, but my God, they ended up like creating half of the daytime soaps that have ever happened. Wow. Yeah. And like they wrote like five or six features together. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Battle. Yeah. Including Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Boxcar Bertha, the arena, Killer Bees. Boxcar Bertha. Nice. Yeah. 69 uh let's see von richtenton and brown was 69 then omega man was 70 boxcar bertha was 71 arena was 72 battle was 73 the killer bees was 74 and then they stopped and went <laughs> after, on to after do killer bees yes <laughs> search for tomorrow another world texas general hospital wow. capital and one life to live capital. what have you done lately capital. and then john died in his 50s and she went on to her last credit was i swear to god the real world on mtv 
That's that's the, a, the original wow. world the 90s. Wow. Yeah. How would you like to, <laughs> the, wow. the real world Omega Man? So <laughs> I, I would have been there just for that in case, pitch. Just in case you think that your weird Hollywood career is completely implausible, <laughs> just wait until you hear about the Corringtons. My yeah. God. That's that's a, they had a wow. they, had five, they had five or six like big ass movies in a row. Year, 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 year. Then five or six weird soap operas in a row. Then the guy died in his 50s and she went on to work on reality television because <laughs> in Hollywood you can fail in any direction you want. The real world. That's you can crazy. succeed in any direction you want. Really, there's no rules. <laughs> I just went sitting around the writer's room, you know, which they have on reality shows. Um, but just don't talk about it. But sitting around, however, however they would do real world and whatever it was what it meant to be a writer on real world just to go who's the old lady right, Joyce she, she wrote Omega Man what <laughs> <laughs> oh here, now we're getting some action yeah. oh, wow, she's looking good yeah she, and she's going right for it too I, oh, she, like, oh, I like I just, her dress I just made my move it's just like wow yeah. liberated woman you go and this is 1971 yeah. so this was very hip yeah. Super, and especially Charlton Heston is just like, <laughs> whoa! Again, it's like that's part of the subverting the paradigm. He was an know. icon, even so for her. Is like, uh, I'm making uh, up with no, Moses. He's like John Wayne. Seriously, that big. The, para- yeah. the paradigm. 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 Oh, he's oh, oh parameters. Oh, look at that stereo. Paradigm. Wow, that's a, that's a stereo that. to covet right there. <laughs> But it's not going back to the rental house. Yeah, I think my dad has an amp she, like that. Cheese and crackers. Yeah, dude. Right. Seriously, you are literally the last man on earth. You don't have to. You don't have to bring out the good cheese. You're you're in. <laughs> He's wearing the jacket, man. There's an offer on the table. You're in the saddle, pal. It's done. You're good. Snifter almost rhymes with fenifer. That's interesting. Uh, okay. This is just a really interesting cross section of, co- of 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 subculture. Yeah, the fact that on the screen, literally, that well, you are the only two left. So that's right. I like the uh, that little implication moment of like, oh, whoa, where did where'd you get that dress? Did you you know you you stole it, didn't you? Like. Same shit you did, <laughs> yeah, dude. Really. What? Yeah. It's not okay for you to judge me for this. Yeah. Why well, do you think I made like the, it? What's no, wrong with no, you? No, but then the implication, but even in that is like the, is the racist implication that right. you have to fucking well, steal something. Which, which we still yeah. live with today. I mean, we've all, oh, seen, so we've all awful. seen those great comparisons of the newspaper captions of like, right. when, when there's a disaster and white people are taking stuff out of the store, it's like they're, they're scavenging much needed supplies and yeah. black people are looting. Right. Yeah. And... It's just or like, it, or whenever yeah. the next major sporting event happens and the winning yeah. team town goes nuts and they go, yeah. why do the white people keep doing this to their own community? They're, they're just thugs. If they can't learn to control themselves, those white people in Ohio. I, I think those white people just need to, you know, kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get, I don't see why we should waste it's, any sympathy It's the culture. It's just something this, about it's, their culture. They, it's a violent culture and they just can't help themselves. That's right. Apparently. They just, you know, they're always shooting at these people with white skin. Yeah. <laughs> white eyes. So anyway, she's... <laughs> I, I, I love Rosalind, especially where she gets to like, you know, okay, you can you can go down to 80% on the black woman thing and, you know, and this conversation where, you know, it's, like, it's backstory, backstory. Yeah. And she's saying how they basically tried to integrate and everything, but clearly, well, that's... And, White and, people and actually, ain't having it. But actually, this is a really interesting thing. I said this to someone yesterday. The problem with the revolution is you never know when to stop. And that's the thing, <laughs> oh, is yeah. they started the revolution and then they're just basically yeah. eating away at everything else. Yeah. Nice. That's actually a good line. I like bur- that. We should burn oh, the no, corpses what, and all that. Uh, yes. Robespierre, Robes, Robes who started the French Revolution, wound up at the guillotine. Yeah. Well, that's because he did it in France. Anywhere else he'd be shot. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> even even Sean Hesson just did a spit oh, take. Oh God! Look at see, that's horrifying. See, we're back at the beheadings, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
There was a, there the, was a great time in Hollywood. She's so have to pretty, be particularly though. handsome to have a movie career. Those were good times. She is pretty as shit. But he had a yeah. repu- he had a reputation too. I mean, he'd been you know he was he'd been around since the fifties and sixties. Yeah, he was superstar. I mean, he was. I mean, Paul Newman didn't look that great. In it. Paul Newman looked better than you would think in his older years. But uh, you know he. Charlton Heston was a was a pretty young man. He was a very good looking young man. Oh, a- absolutely. Well. Oh, he, okay. this is about where he started aging out by the by the late seventies. He had aged out. Yeah, here he's probably. Oh, I'm guessing my age in this uh, movie that we're looking at right now. He's not see. younger than hey, me. Our, our age is okay. And interrupt the kiss. Yes, Damn it. there we go. You oh no, the family. Way to hedge your bets, movie. <laughs> this just came out in seventy three. Is that right? Seventy one. Seventy one. Seventy one. Born in twenty three. So forty nine. Okay, so Holy yeah. crap, he's younger, younger than me. No. Charlton Heston is younger no, than me. That's not story. forty. I guess it is forty. That's about right. No, forty-six. Let's see, twenty-three to seventy-three. Turning fifty is like a death sentence. Fifty. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, yeah, forty-eight, 49. forty-nine. Oh, well, forty-nine okay. years old. He looks great. He's we, in great yeah. shape. We, we look better than he does. Yeah, you know, there there's there's that going for you. I like that. <laughs> it's the old climb out of the elevator, climb down the shaft. Wasn't as old then. Just work the shaft, Charlton. <laughs> work the shaft. Hey, he did a lot of physical work on this film. I you mean, worked the shit out of that shaft. Hey, I'm just talking about shafts. All right. Well, he did earthquake. Shut your mouth. He did earthquake after this, so that a was a lot of physical lot of, work. A lot of climbing Airport and Airport 75. Did he do anything after that? I think Airport 75 might have been his last. Remake, see, a, remake a Planet of the Apes. Let's see here. Uh, it was in World War did, II. No, no, did, it, did but in terms of those did, films at that time when yeah. it kind of changed. Did, some, he, did some westerns. He did, he did, some westerns he did Henry the Eighth. Let's see. Late seventies. That's when everything started shifting. Yeah. What's his looks uh, like filmology? I'm getting there. This is this actually is a, there's a setup here. There's more setup here than oh, oh there than, it is. Than yeah. most movies. That, well, not that. I'm talking about the spear. The the fact that the gun. Yeah, you can talk in a sec. <laughs> the the spear. The fact that. <clears throat> He's going to go up on the balcony and lose the spear, which will then pay off because it'll be there for Neville to grab later and kill him with in the fountain. And it's funny how you don't actually see that much that level of setup in in movies of the period or even nowadays. The fact that literally there is a spear on the mantle for for half the movie, and it's it's kind of weird that oh it's, I totally did not yeah the, that. the spear that he's taking up there to not use is the spear that Neville will find on the balcony and and use to kill Charlton Heston at the end. What have I told you guys about keeping a spear in your house? Never ends well ever ever. But hey. it's something for this movie, for, which is not very sophisticated in terms of the level of storytelling. That's kind of strikes me as kind of a, in its you know tiny way is kind of this kind of sophisticated like oh wow they really set up that spear and everything. All right, so seventy one's the Mega Man. Then he did Antony and Cleopatra. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Skyjacked, which Call of the Wild. Which he directed. Call of the Wild, yeah. Sky, then Soylent. Skyjacked, which was with James Brolin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then the next year was Soylent Green and Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Oh, that's right. He did the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Cardinal Richelieu in those. He was oh, the bad guy. Yeah. He was a yeah. badass. I thought for sure you were going to tell me he was like fucking Three Musketeers. Yeah, Michael really York or something. Michael with all York girls. and Raquel Welch. No, he, he went into the villain phase there. Oh, and Faye Dunaway great. and Richard Chamberlain. Christopher Lee. God, I got to see that. I've, I've never, never seen, seen this. I've never oh. seen that Three Musketeers. Oh, oh, you have to oh, see those, the Three Musketeers. I can't believe that cast. Those are amazing. Those are the best Three Musketeer films ever. They did Four Musketeers, yeah. Yeah, the following year. Then they took the franchise and just kept making them until we didn't care. They yeah, shot, that was they shot, Yeah, they shot actually the Musketeer films both together and then released them separately, upsetting the actors very much. Oh, interesting. Yes. They didn't realize that they were making a sequel? Oh, n- they made, they shot the whole thing. It was the Salkins. Huh. So it's like Superman, Superman 2. 
Huh. They shot them both at the same Interesting. time. Interesting. And they upset the actors. And then Peter Jackson oh, yeah. came along and said, I think there's three in we, here. We could, we could, I love that Guys, idea. I'm thinking, four. I'm thinking four. I like the idea, but we could go bigger. And then after that, the following year, 74, was Airport 1975, yep. Four Musketeers, and Earthquake. Earthquake. Yeah, that was What's the his last day, thing? Man. Like, So at what point did he... Last thing was 2003, my father, Rue Actually, his last credit that has an actual wiki page for it. That's, you know, whatever that last movie was. Uh, he played Joseph Mengele in that last movie that doesn't have a wiki page, by the way. So that's wow. fun. Yeah. Okay. And in 2002, his last film credit is Bowling for Columbine. Oh, oh well, yeah. Okay. Well, that last that, last acting what? role Bowling was for Bowling for Columbine. What we were just referencing. Right? Uh, and his last oh. acting role was 2001. So Planet of the Apes, he shows up for a second. The remake, the, the Burton one. Oh, and also okay. the order. He is, he is, he is hilarious in Wayne's World 2. I swear that is the funniest fucking mo- moment in that film. Uh, when he comes in and he steps. You guys have never seen this. You got to look it up. I actually just great. rewatched Wayne's World 2 like the other week. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Was it Wayne's World 1? With the, the thing when he's getting married... When he goes to the church, yeah, was that the first one? Or the second yeah, one? I might have been the, the first second one. Second one, the second one, yeah. At, at the end, so basically he stops. You know, it's the graduate. The, it's the graduate thing, and he yeah. stops at the gra- at the the gas station. He comes in, and this old guy starts telling a story, and then Wayne, and then whatever. Uh, uh, Mike Myers comes in and says, no, no, we do, can we get someone else? And they take him out and they bring in Charlton Heston and he nails it. It's great. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is a weird yeah. moment that just happened. No, I, it, it is actually a great bit. Like he, he's trying to run to the church to stop his girlfriend from getting married to this other guy in time, but he has to stop at the gas station to get directions. And so he's like, where's the thing? Yeah. And uh, so, and so they have some, you know, Dave, some nobody, uh, start to give this like little monologue about the, how he was in love once and blah blah blah. But he's like on purpose, not doing it well. And so Mike Myers like, you know, this guy's not doing it well. Can we get somebody better in? And so they shuffle that guy off and they shuffle Charlton Heston on. How did you not remember this bit until uh, just now? Well, seems like a memorable bit. Serge had to had dro- to jog, jog his memory. memory, but yes, yeah. and he was incredible. He's but just, it is like it's a it's a one scene cameo. Oh, there we go. They're monologue. kissing. Now we got the kiss. See, now it's justified. He saved her life, so yeah. now they can kiss. It wasn't earned before. <laughs> is it okay to kiss a black woman if you save her life first? I, I, I according it's to this really logic, up to her. it does. Yeah, <laughs> seems like it would still be up to her. Yeah. But she was all for it. <laughs> wow, they're oh, going she, no, she, she started now. this. She was asking. Then the romantic fade through two. She literally asked for it. I don't know how much more you need to do. Now, that, this is like, I didn't see this on TV. This nope. did not happen on television. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, this was another and, thing they cut out. I saw and that's actually a clue. That's the first clue about what's going on, too. Yeah, the fact that she's like, eh, she's in kind of in the darkness, and that way they kept her far away. But uh, I remember seeing this and driving. I'm like, oh my god, it's a <laughs> oh my god, what the hell, uh, parents? I'm not seeing this. No, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, they yeah. keep her face. They keep her face in dark, yeah. and he's just like, ah. Ha, ha, ha. What's with the statues, dude? You got statues all over the place. Yeah, well, now he doesn't need them so much. He's he can he's <laughs> oh, got someone else to talk to. Nice little mirror shot there. Mm-hmm. So the the hmm. execution, especially her, you know, spoiler transition. Um, you know, again, the the makeup is uh, you know a, a definitely a weak link in this movie. Although it has a kind of sort of a you it's know a a good, appropriate it's... cheesiness and 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 the the contact lenses were kind of groundbreaking. You didn't see the you know the green the Martin Greenspoon. Oh, they look super comfortable. Fancy, yeah, they're nasty Ugh. ones. Uh, you know, contact lenses were kind of a new thing that you didn't hadn't seen in all the kind of movies. So the contact lenses certainly were were. A oh, big this deal. laugh! Oh, oh god, bro. this laugh! Birth control. <laughs> he had ugly teeth. Yeah, but it's well, a pretty uh, funny line. Birth control pills. It plays with the whole apocalyptic thing. No, yeah. the line is fine. His laugh it's is. The, it's, I know the teeth. Ugh. It's the teeth. It's, it's the teeth and the lines and the eyes. 
It's the whole thing. The lines in his face? In his face, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just a scary... You don't, like, get around old people a lot. He's just you? a scary-looking man, is Good all. luck, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm... It's nice that the Ghostbusters car is That's right there. That's a nice ambulance right there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to do well with uh, being an old person. You just keep looking, like, every day you look in the mirror, you're like, ah! A little bit. I like the little thing, cadavers, you know, like, okay, just bring them in. Yeah, that's this, this is, is this was the dying. This, this is where this decent, one died. Some decent world building. It's like, yeah, there would be in a hospital. There would just be, yep, they died, and no one ever dealt with it because right. everyone else died. So that's that. At least is some some decent world building going on. Mm-hmm. So the the progression here, and again, as an impressionist impressionable twelve year old, the fact that you know, and, and it's just, I I feel like. I feel like maybe you know, regular listeners to our, our broadcast, of which there I know there are none, you know, have this mental picture of, you know, boy, that Trey just loves downer nihilist endings. And I guess it's probably true. But I also like it, that a downer ending, at least, you know, is fine if it earns the downer ending. Uh, you know, if you can't go, wow, you were just kind of just, clearly the story you were just trying to punch tell. me in the head just right. to just to shock me. It's like, but a movie that, you know, a story that like a downer ending was like, yeah, that kind of was how that was supposed to play out the whole time. That was clearly the story they were yeah, telling me. You can kind of see it going. But the fact that a downer ending, Paul, you touched about the, on this when he was here uh, on uh, other movies. It's like, again, the hero's journey is like, well, I I don't really have to, you don't really have to tell me how this ends because I kind of already know how this ends. Right. It's a hero's journey setup. Um, you want to really blow my mind? Yeah, do a hero's journey and then, you know, okie doke me at the end. Like that would be something, but I don't think that would necessarily work. Um, what's great about this is here we're at the point when everything's fine and three minutes from now everything's going to start to turn to shit and it's going to way turn to shit and keep turning to shit and just keep getting worse and worse and the thing is you know teague you can be you know you're our best uh, test case on this when you get when you were when this movie was heading toward its end game did you have any clue how, you was like this could go anywhere in terms yeah. of like humanity might win matthias might win for good you know humanity i could have sworn she was going to get captured by matthias and be used as bait I did not okay. see the sudden uh-huh. like, oh, she just, oh, fuck. Oh, she's just fucking one of them. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. That was incredibly yeah. sudden. I'm glad that line was there earlier. Now, now, the, <laughs> yeah. now the, the fact that she, going back to the book, the fact that she's one of them is the one thing about in the book that they changed. Because in the book, basically, he meets a woman and it turns out that yeah. she is with the daywalkers, essentially what I'm calling the daywalkers, mm. and that she was the one who actually, she leads him into a trap. Oh. is what happens in the book. That does not happen in any of the films. Actually, yeah. in, in Last Man on Earth, it kind of does. Yeah, but they, they so they kind of, you know, again, they, they, they use that sort of plotting, but but structured it a little bit different, but but with the same end result yeah. in the sense that, oh, the woman that you love actually is one of them now. Um, and she, and she, again, it's interesting how you can take the same elements and turn it thematically into a totally different thing. But she says flat out, you're evil, Robert. You're just, you're evil and we have to kill you, which is the theme of the real book. <laughs> is it? But, you know, it is like, but, but this movie clearly structured it to go, well, she's deluded and wrong and they're going to fix her. So this is the movie that Neville would have made. Yeah, about she situation. doesn't think she, well, so exactly, she won't think yeah. that anymore. Hey, Brian, I just yeah. got a question. That machine on the right. Yeah. Is it scientifically accurate? Fuck if I know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Really? The centrifuge no was idea. good. It's the centrifuge was a real centrifuge. Yeah, yeah, anything else, I have. fuck it's, if it's, I know. What is that? Okay. A what counter it's called? It's a Mr. Coffee. Bean counter. It's a something counter. I assume, I mean, this looks, you know, I'm sure I, I, it looks I, like the real, whatever this is, it's a gas chromatograph. Oh, it's the culture, culture, culture counter. The culture counter. Um, that looks, you know, gas chromatograph is what it looks like to me, and I'm not an expert, but. You know, I'm sure it's appropriate lab equipment that may or may not be being used to do whatever they claim it's doing. I'm just curious, you know, because sometimes you get props that just like 
do nothing of what you think, but it, it looked like it was almost like it could be a real thing. Which it's legit. Or maybe it's just a, like a refrigerator with a, with a paint job. Who knows? Yeah. Well, the centrifuge, yeah, at see, least. That would looked, disappoint me, yeah. Look legit. So Eric Lenouville is, is having, again, having uh, Lanaville, I think is how he pronounces it. Um, the Again... For for folks who are, you know come to it later, like Ernest Borgnine, he's that guy who's in those cr- crazy movies, and and so you're, the context of when <laughs> <laughs> he's that old guy who shows up, it's like no, it's the guy from McHale's Navy who's been famous for fifty years, who is now slumming it by being in these movies. Again, context is everything. Um, I, my first encounter of Eric Lenovel was in this movie because he was you know just some young actor who was in this movie, and you know most likely was never going to be seen again. And then it was Saint Elsewhere, I think, was the show that someone oh that's the guy. Look, yeah. it's the kid from Omega Man, grown up, and uh, now is uh, you know now is a, a that's so nice that he went on to have a career as an actor. And I think again, if I'm remembering correctly, that Saint Elsewhere was where he started. That he started, I started to re- I realize that he was directing episodes of Saint Elsewhere, yeah. um, as happens, and and has then now since he doesn't you don't really see him as an actor that I'm aware of anymore for a long time. But uh, he he made a career as a director, so. Eric Lenovel. like so he's one of those people like every time I see him I go it's the kid from Omega Man how can you not recognize him it's totally him you say is it is it Anthony Zerby or Zerb? Anthony Zerby Zerby yeah Zerby's been married for over 50 years god Attaboy. damn he's still around he's, yeah he's still around he's still with us got so, married in 1962 and never stopped yeah good nice. guy nice oh, yeah. Paul Coswell wasn't Eric Lenovel in room 222 I gotta pull that one that up. I'm still looking at Zerby. Room, room who would have predate this? One of Zerby's very yeah. first TV roles, like first roles ever, was the Wild Wild West. It was the second thing. Oh, he was a big TV actor, huge TV actor. Oh yeah, oh, Zerby was, was mostly TV. Then yeah. Cool Hand Luke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he did. Yeah, he was recognizable. He wasn't an unknown. I mean, it's like, oh, it's that guy who I've seen in like you know yeah. a thousand television shows. But he yeah. wasn't big in films at the time. Yeah, he film was, was really nice really known for TV at the he time. He did well later though. Shit. Yeah, he's he he went on to to yeah. work steady. Kung Fu. Uh, Steel Dawn. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and there's a big one that the Dead Zone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How the West was won. How was it won? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Guns. And then the Matrix. The, the, the Matrix is. He was in Star Trek Insurrection. And American Hustle. Oh, that's right. He was in Insurrection. Oh, he, he was in American Hustle. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I yeah. yeah I just it's saw the most that. recent role as of now. I forgot about that. He had a very small role, but yeah. Again, but every time I see him, I go, Matthias. <laughs> oh, let's see. Neville. Neville. Matthias. Uh, no, I was wrong. Eric Lenuva was not in. Oh, yeah, he was in Room 222. 33 episodes. Oh, yes. okay. Wow. So Nailed he was, it. He was really young then. And was it St. Elsewhere that I was thinking of? Yeah, he, he wasn't. Okay. Yeah, he did do yeah, St. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah, he was in St. Elsewhere, yeah. He was in Black Belt Jones. He was in Death Wish. He was Subway Station Mugger Number 2. Oh, yeah. You may recall. <laughs> That's right. Great Christy Love. He was in an episode. Oh, he was Christy Dr. Love. Lamar on Scrubs. See, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's played lots of bit parts. Oh, here, this was always so, you know, it's like you're waiting for the shoe to drop. And you <laughs> yeah. have no idea where. It's like everything's going to work out. Please get yeah, out of town like, now. It's, Please. it's time for things to turn to shit. Freeze frame. Don't yeah. you understand that the second act is ending? <laughs> this movie, this movie. Don't you see it you're coming? You're so complacent. The things that don't age very well in this movie are the the constant zooms. Like the first zoom in the movie is awesome. And then the rest of them just are increasingly like, really? And then also the use of incredibly grainy ISO footage for film for like hold frame gags. Where it's yeah. just like, yeah. I'm just like staring at that piece of grain like, huh, it's 
where they filmed they filmed a wall for this shot is what happened yeah. a dirty wall it, well it yeah some of those things like oh you filmed a postcard of los angeles <laughs> it, well, of it actually los says angeles. what you were here in the frame well yes. again we're talking about the optical era when anytime you did like a wipe or a freeze frame you're actually yeah. talking about something that's been refilmed multiple yeah. times full right. process and it takes so. time to do yeah, yeah. well and it's just gone through generations so it's the grain is going to get pumped up look so. at that gun this, uh, i love the fact this this little throwaway set that they threw together up here it's like <laughs> they did rent one hell of a huge machine gun that's like a that's a 50 cal at least right look at the thing it's, what's he gotta kill it's, yeah it's like dude when the next time the family comes use that you can just turn him into pink mist with this thing see this is interesting this is where you know eric lenouville he's like man we're all about peace man and he's like no i'm i'm a killer this is what i do and it, it really the started hating me in my later years of how much he feels separate from all of them he still feels separate he's saving yeah. them but he's not them. He's he's the guy who kills these. Yeah, he's gone too far. He's, he's yeah. He has gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. The fact he's that, tasted blood. He wants more. Yeah. The uh, yeah. The idea that yeah, he's softened to the point where I'll just let them die naturally. That's <laughs> that's look. I look at what a that's humanitarian I am. I'll stop killing them outright because I'll just wait for them to die a slow and painful death instead. And look, it, I've grown as a person who wants pie. And and the uh, and the kids That's like really cold, man. Dude, you you're, you're kind of fucked up. <laughs> exactly. yeah. And Charles exactly. Nelson just laughs his weird scary yeah, like, laugh. I am fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well, but I'm doing your sister, so who's weird now? Huh? <laughs> that, that that was weird, right? You're right. I should uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not good at this. Anyway, let's go get some pie. So that was his way of basically making fun of himself. Mm-hmm. Big big fun. Which huh. you t- you know, I, I guess if you look at Planet of the Apes, he'd started and of course, in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, he said, you got to kill my character. Just, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to be doing these forever. Yeah. I can tell you guys are just going to keep making these. I'll come back, but I want it to be like the end of the world or some shit. Okay, we'll kill the world then. All right. Yeah, but we'll still figure out how to figure it. <laughs> but you won't have to come back. Best movie ending ever, Beneath the yeah. Planet of the Apes. It is, yeah. I still need talk, to about, see talk about your downer endings. Hello, world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, but um, the <laughs> sorry, yeah. the planet dies. In yeah, really. But um, it, yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, that's a great. That's a great like one two sequel of kind of like one and two. Um, and again, it's that sensibility of like you know, it's like it's possible to go your entire civilization is bullshit and it it should go away. I mean, now we're just sort of not allowed to go. No, there are people too. No, they're not, and they should go away. That's really that's how that is. Um, I like a movie that'll step up and say, no, all of them exterminated. Yeah, good plan. Let's do that. Let's get rid of it. A very Ozymandias kind of a thing. You're, you know, your grand empire is you know, <laughs> yeah. laid to yeah, dust. Yeah, I know. You thought you were good. And, and even it's kind of weird that you bankrolled this movie that I'm making now to tell you that your civilization is bullshit <laughs> and should be destroyed. That's, uh, oh, Rosalind, you got to yeah. just... That's how it is in his 70s, yeah. Foxy yeah. Mama. It's weird. I'm re- looking at the wiki for uh, the guy who plays Dutch, and it's... This, oh, yeah. This goes on. He goes on to say, in rare in-depth interviews with both uh, Psychotronic Video and Shock Cinema, issue number 14, Koslow spoke mostly unfavorably about his experiences working in films with Charles Bronson and in The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. And then it goes on to tell me exactly nothing about what he said. <laughs> and it's like you click through to the article, it's like, it doesn't, it's like, what did he say? I want to read what he said. It doesn't tell me what he said, Click but bait. apparently he had he had shitty things to say, but then no one on the internet thought that was interesting enough to ever reprint it. I'll never know. Does anyone have Does, <laughs> any, does anyone have uh, Shock Cinema number fourteen? <laughs> uh, no, no one has that. Damn it! Please, is, look. is this the uh, Warner Brothers backlot? It looks like yes. I'm pretty yeah. sure that didn't uh, didn't yeah. uh, they, the Joker have a press conference there and in, uh, in the well, Tim, Tim Burton Batman among other things? That would also be the uh, the uh, courthouse from Night Court. Okay, because that that's uh, yeah. That's bam, 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 bam. 
the courthouse wow. from there that that like yes. end credits thing is is the courthouse from the Warner Brothers lot. That would certainly make sense. This is a set. Yeah, it's a set. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like I have never City been Hall. it's one of the ones I've never been on the Warner Ranch. I'm sure Sarah has. I've taken a tour of the Warner Ranch. I've never seen any of the exteriors. You never shot there? No. I don't I haven't shot I, Except for the one time I, I, maybe I got drunk extra, into been, selfie. Was, maybe as an extra I've been on some of the lots, but uh, in terms of the producing Warner and stuff. Lot. I just, well, it's right here. It's, it's in it's, well, there's two lots. Hidden, actually. Hidden there's away, one right? lot, and then there's the other one. I just, the, I just think of all the stages. I never even thought about there being lots back there. There's yeah. a lot back there, but then there's also another lot uh, up in Burbank where they have a lot of the Backstreet stages, including huh. the uh, the Neville set, the exterior set. Cool. Yeah. I just no, I just think of it as being those stages, and that's all. Can someone please explain why he puts on this blue uniform? Because he's going to war, man. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I like the hat, Remember too. Remember in the first scene of the movie, he's wearing like everything but a pith helmet. Like, he's dressed up like he's going... No, he had a safari yeah, jacket on. Yeah. What are you talking about? No. Well, that's why he's, he's just... He's he found all like, the costumes. He, he likes to dress? His, the, the nearest store to his weird <laughs> yeah, house bungalow that's actually is a good point. by the costume store. He's got a, he changes clothes he for changes the occasion. He changes clothes a lot. He's got a nice <laughs> costumer. He dresses for the occasion when it's a sunny day. Princess Amidala. That's what he's like. When he's like hunting in downtown the canyons of LA, he puts on his safari gear. When he's having fancy dinner, he puts on his velvet jacket. When he's going hunting for some for some mutant ass, he puts on his uh, mutant hunting. And uniform. when she went to go shopping, he just put on her clothes. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, you don't was, get him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's the last man he's on not earth. Constrained by your binary you, concepts of who, masculinity. Can, who is there to judge him? No one. See, this is where I I was. I mean, I I get what they wrote, but I was like, do you really do you really have to turn it into this that they they have to be crazy couldn't they just be a little sane or nope, something nope. i don't know it was, i thought this was an interesting turn and it just seemed to like serve the purpose of saying well charlton heston is right well and and i think and again hello 70s god bless you for things that they'll never do again uh, in movies but the you know it's like yeah and and then we're about to execute this kid flat out charlton heston spoiler is not going to save eric leneville's life Lenneville is about to get murdered by the bad guy in cold blood yeah. for trying to do the right thing. Figures. In and very scary way. He killed the only black kid. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah duh. No way. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, it's funny how, like, oh, within the moment. space of, like, 90 seconds of screen time, everything bad happens at once. Yeah. And you just go, oh, Charlton Heston is so boned. And he doesn't even know how boned he is yet. Right. I, I remember he's walking into Boneville. But he said, yeah. I like this pullback because this is perfect to my, for me. I remember, like, why yeah. did you just drop that? It's one of those things where you're like, just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Especially as in a kid with not too much sophistication. For me, you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. Oh, no, 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 no. And suddenly you go, oh, And the I camera comes around yeah. the front and you're like, wait, what? It's what? pretty. And then it's boom. pretty in your face, but you go, oh, shit. And this gets imprinted on your brain. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it with fucks you eyes. up for the rest but of your no, life. no, you're, you're supposed yeah. to be on our side. It happens to your mother next. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Mom, son, everything you know might be wrong. Good night. Sleep well. <laughs> we'll get ice cream tomorrow. Yeah. Or will we? Possibly kill you in the morning. I don't Rape know. and crib death tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. And I just, and again, I just, I call me, a, call me a dinosaur, call me a relic of the old times, you know, a creature of the wheel, a creature of the downer 70s ending, but uh, <laughs> I, I will still fight for it with my dying breath. Hey, hey, old red. Yeah. Hey, hey, what you will. 
Sorry. <laughs> I, I love That's how I play my Bob Seger jokes. But the, uh, yeah, this is, oh, wow. again, the, the, <laughs> you got to go further back the than terrible, that. The terrible, I, I just like, I called him old red. I called him what I will. One of the most terrible tropes of, of bad lighting in, in movies is, is the, the person who walks around with a flashlight that Into clearly is not, well, no. The, it's not illuminating. Walking down a fully lit, movie yeah. lit oh, hallway with a tiny little speck of light from the actual flashlight kind of, sort of lighting up the wall a little bit. It's I like, guess that too. It's kind of like, you're kind of doing like a pantomime version of what a flashlight does but i always just notice every single yeah, time you see you the go. shot of people coming at the camera with flashlights they're always just like well at least that's you, something you, you, you get, get the, the cool flare. you get the flares yeah. but i'm like you have to imagine that on set all they're doing is just like waving it away from the camera then into the camera just yeah. into the camera into the camera on purpose just to get the flare and like they're told to do that bum, bum, the score's in my head i don't even need to hear yeah. it oh with the lights and then of course there's oh there's the obstacle and i will avoid it and that's his driving hat. Yeah. You don't know him? It is That's his driving hat. That's don't my know crashing him. through thing. I like this little move here. Where Look it's at like, these flares. Yeah, Look take at them. This, take this truck, devil. Oh, God damn it, yeah. you take sons of bitches. job and shove it. Yeah. Where's his trebuchet that we have to... Th- Here's oh. A, oh. oh! That worked. That was a good car flip. Yeah. yeah. This, this moment here, especially... Also a rental. Always struck me as one of the wonderful... Is the fact that... You know, it's it's kind of weird because again he doesn't have anyone to talk to he doesn't have anyone to explain anything to where it kind of after this car wreck scene it doesn't turn into a crazy balls out action scene everything gets real slow and real quiet yeah and all he does is like give up and go home <laughs> which is really and the fact that it's this very kind of quiet sedate like they shoot at me I shoot at them but the music is very subdued and the sound is very subdued and it's not like a high speed action scene and he just gets his you know his satchel charge and and kaboom and then strolls home and just goes well i guess i'm not going to you know cuz uh, his car crash ruined it, my day cuz his mission is over he you know he he actually was headed home he, he, he was, was headed, yeah. he was trying to get Richie and he doesn't know about Lisa yet so so just this but this weird kind of I I I don't know if it's just if it's I don't know if it's, it is if, it's if it's bad or wonderfully brave. Uh, the the uh, this the pacing of this. No, his just car kind of, crash just put him in a bad mood. He kind of wanted to it's go this home. Kind of lackadaisical, kind of yeah, right. Well, there is in a way it's like there's an inevitability. It's like you know they're going to get me eventually. Yeah, look at him right there. He's yeah, like shoot up, but I'm going to eventually yeah, like home. whatever. And uh, Roseanne's on in an hour. Yeah, I guess I'll. Uh, and another it's day, hand- another first dollar. time Mac handheld. And We've yeah. rarely seen handheld, yeah. so we know it's a little Some, bit off. Something's gone wrong now. It's handheld. I didn't notice. Boris Segal is is uh, showing up to. Also, he's pressing for which he pressed uh, back in the earlier part of the film when he went into the flashback. Yeah, we don't need to because well, that's where he lives. No, but what I'm saying is in terms of it, it's all reaching back to what there was before. They could have just cut to him coming up here. Yeah, it's mm. the time he came home and things were not the same. So yep. yeah, so here's where all the props don't go back to the rental house, but uh, but this moment too. I mean, is this, just, is this the moment where he goes Orson Welles on the on the place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. I forgot but Mat- about that. Matthias does. Matthias does. Oh, that's right. Matthias does. Yeah. Orson Welles is walking around and just like despondently punching pictures yeah, just, and just shit, smashing everything, just, like pulling on the bed until it breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Look at that. I mean, here's uh, yeah. Here's, now here's where when you get the lighting going, yeah, this yeah, then Charlton Heston's face pays works. off. Look at that. <laughs> That's a great and a great. Now the lighting is happening. Yeah. Now the lighting is showing up for work, which is great. But I just. Again, it's, it's, I like it. I don't. Again, you just saw it for the first time yourself. But it's like at this point in the movie, you're like, I well, okay. Normally, the hero's going to win, but I, this movie has a tone that makes me think that maybe the hero's not going to get out of this one, even, which he, you know, really doesn't. This is just a movie that's basically just one long him walking into a trap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, well, yeah, because he didn't even really have any options, or avoiding the trap for as long as possible. That's it really fear. Like, what when I. Tell I you. 
when I first watched it, I, you know, I, it, I didn't really understand why, like, well, if I'm Matthias, I know where he lives. <laughs> I'm just going to keep fucking, I'm just going to keep knocking on his door every, every night. <laughs> yeah, every night you try to light a fire. Every night he comes over and pours a drink on it from the second floor. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, why is <laughs> every he not, night. why is he not doing that? And it's like, well, I guess that is basically what, uh, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they couldn't fight him with the guns, so they basically had to fight him by basically driving him crazy and then yeah. finding the weakness. Yeah. And, and the weakness was the other people who came into his life. That's why in I Am Legend, when uh, um, uh, Alice Braga shows up with the kid, I was waiting for yeah. the moment where I was she like, turned out to I be... I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing they're it. They're going to do it. Yes, they're going to really, really do it. And they yeah. didn't. Completely yeah. not. And that whole mm-hmm. subplot went nowhere as a result. It right. was like it they was were so completely strange. unnecessary. All they did was they fuck up the circum. They fucked up his living conditions. Yeah. So the lesson there was like, don't just, let other people fuck up you your just living conditions. Cost me my house. That's all you people did. That's messed up. Yeah. We, we watched Trek for a really well, long time. I guess the sequined one died. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Where's the sparkly they one? Just, oh, eventually, they ostracized her to the point ooh. where she's like, "I'm not even coming. I'm. I'll stay home." Who? Oh, the one, the who, sparkly robe. The one, the one family member that had a sparkly this robe. One, actually, well, oh, no, he died. Actually, Matthias oh. is rocking a pretty severe robe in this one, especially. I think it's the scene coming up where he walks past it. It's got the, a hell of an Obi Wan point jacking out the back. Plus, look at the texture on that thing. It's, kind of, it's made yeah, out there of wood. we go. It's like, yeah. dude, it's like, that, wow, that that that. He's like an alien oh, head. That hood is not my favorite. Oh, uh, man. I like it. Oh, oh. It's, it's it's pointed. He's styling a serious hood there. Yeah. But yeah, the idea. He's got herpes too. It's just a rough day for everyone. (laughs) I like that even in the face of possibly the truth that he's telling him that they're all going to die, Matthias just does not care. You know, just does not. Oh, it's the old grab the knife from the guy who's got the knife thing. Ah, Matthias, let's see. Put your money where your mouth is. And those grand 60s and 70s knife props that are like... That's right. You're just this dull... And the uh, bottle of blood. Thick. Yeah, but if you're going right. to... Yeah, if you're going to actually hold something to Anthony Zerby's neck and do a stunt, I I, I, I err on the side Someone of... Someone get us the cardboard machete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and take... Yeah, take the girl. Of course. Oh, oh so that, nice! Oh, that's, so that's, there was a cut in there. That was a nice a step cut, cut right there. Yeah. And also, like, we're, we're sure that we're done with this location, right? We're, we're done with this, with this set. So now what's funny is not only did things go bad very quickly, but we're all of about 120 seconds from the end of the whole movie, which, again, I also was like, I I, I admire tremendously. It's like this movie does not mess around when it comes to, you know, the end. It's like, no, it's just things went bad and then they were real bad. And uh, that was about it. Well, I'll be there for you. Isn't it a bigger fountain in Friends? They all all get into it. Yeah, it is. I think they just used the plumbing and then just expanded it. Oh, okay. So they just um, rebuilt the fountain. But in terms, I of love like, that Neville's house is in the background of that scene. Yeah, well, you see now, that they, now they're outside. That's the whole thing. Now they're no, out- in France. No, I know, I know. That was unknown to me. So now the it's, uh, it's switched. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this idea that wow, uh, nice shot. Yeah, that's a, it. Gets very all, not, gets very, all arty every so often. It gets all arty. Love those arty shots. And here he sees he's like, the spear. Ah, the spear on the mantle. Look at this. I will use the ancient technologies. And, uh, see, and at the end, you have to admire Matthias for being true to his own his own ethos. Say what you will. Boom! Say what you will. At least it's an ethos, man. <laughs> I do believe that spears are technology, buddy. No, they're allowed. They're 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 not. They are oh, not of the wheel. They're not man. powered. They're oh, not, look at that squib going on. That's the, that's uh, that's uh, yeah. Seventies blood, as we talked about in uh, in uh, in. 
Actually, Charles Silent, just lactates Silent blood. running as well. It's oh, like so, yeah. see, here, the, uh, the 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 blood. Uh, the, what, what we accepted as decent blood was was different. It's the right. same. It's yeah. It's the same shit they made the mushrooms out of in Willy Wonka. Yeah, it was just, Dick Smith who came along and said, you know, that's what not what blood really does looks like. <laughs> Dick Smith's like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, but why are we I mean, using red? Toothpaste. Blood is real and exists, and do we want to be real? But then, of course, it's kind of like it's it's kind of gets more and more disturbing when the blood is like really what blood looks like, um, real real blood that uh, you know, real movie blood, real fake movie blood that looks real is is getting downright disturbing. Yeah, so I I just looked up the friend's fountain that that yeah. shot. That's the that's Neville's house right there. The tall yep. white one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You see, that's awesome. So now, when this, at the end of the film here, so the tall white house there. Is what? Yeah. <laughs> so wow. they rebuilt the fountain, but the house is still there. Huh. So so I'm watching this, and so of course, you know, I'm going like, I hope Charlton Heston has has lived, and he's died, and so basically, me as a yet. child was like. Well, I, w- I want to see what happens to the kids now. And I thought they're going to make a film called The Omega Children because sequelitis Ooh, was in. And I'm sure they would have. Which they never did. Yeah. Damn it. Which I guess was the point. The point is that it was about him and not them. So his Dutch, Trey would have liked The Omega Children. I though. would have. His Dutch going, so how, how did it go? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thumbs up. There so, you go. Down. Look at that. It's like, no, don't, don't bother. Yeah. Dutch, find a doctor. Anyone who knows how it's, to do medical stuff. The movie does. It's like, it's a little convenient that Lisa's just crouching over there in the bushes. Is like, right. you know, and he like, drops the water. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Dutch, do you know anyone who was a senior at medical school? Anyone at all? Do you know yeah. any doctors? Anyone who... Because there's some serious parameters involved here. <laughs> but the, uh, the fact that Lisa's just kind of like crouching over there and it's like... Oh, so Matthias didn't, you know, fuck you too, Dutch. But the, the <laughs> Matthias didn't take her and she didn't go. I guess, you know, it's just a little sort of like, wow, you could have maybe spent another five minutes thinking about the staging of, of that. But but as far as an efficient ending. Right. Can't beat it. Little Tom Petty kid. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. He does look like Tom Petty. You're famous. Yeah. Well, yeah that, there, there's no there's symbolism your Jesus there. Pose. Yeah. No, no yeah. symbolism there. For the third time. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody water. Yeah. I like Paul Coslo in this. He was really, he had a really loose quality to him. He's he great. Works. Yeah, and apparently he, you he talk shit in a magazine and I'll never know what he said. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just got to find... Hey, we find... got something called the intertubes. You can't, can't you... I was looking. They wouldn't tell me. Oh, man. You're going to have to find Cine whatever. Google Shockwave whatever number Issue 10. 14. And yeah. uh, find out what Paul Coslo's shit was. So you uh, call him up. We got a bottle of Listerine, kids, and we got a long way to go. Yeah, actually, okay. I mean, I guarantee you, if he still lives in Los Angeles, he lives within five miles of where we are yeah. now. I guarantee it. Yeah. Or he lives in Malibu in someone's guest house. Yeah. That's, those are your options. He writes. He seems very happy. Yeah. Oh, look at the girl, He's and she takes way. the hat, and she says, yep, that's it. Bye, old world. I've been in a wave pool that looked like that once. It was gross. <laughs> Full of blood with Charles Neston. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Uh, and I had a, was my a uniform hat. It was the worst birthday ever. <laughs> so There's the hat. And then the musical, music swells, and then the uh, for some reason the uh, the the... They do an invert. On yeah, it. I wait. don't know why, but it Look works. At, oh, come on! That's yeah. like yeah, come it's on, like seriously. The legs, no, we really? weren't. We weren't going for a Jesus thing. No, at all. not at all. Um, Spear in the chest. Do you no. get it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. There's your invert. Which what the fuck? I don't. Why? Know. Why? It's 1971. Why not? That's what it's, you do. It's a cheap effect. Um, actually, it's interesting. A little trivia: the women in Cemetery Crypt, which you should be saying the what now? The what? The um, who? And the what? That's a that's a that's a deleted scene that uh, I don't know. I was just yeah, I'm just reading it from the wiki, but it's kind of fascinating by it because it. 
it kind of was, was another way this movie kind of started to touch on what we were talking about in terms of the original book. Um, and I'd be really fascinated that it, it probably doesn't exist anywhere. You know, maybe someday we'll we'll see it. I don't. It certainly hasn't been on any uh, movie it releases that I know of. But there's a scene where I think it's when Lisa's out shopping or at some point. Supposedly the scene goes that she she finds a Lisa finds a family woman burying her child in a in a cemetery, Ooh. and that's when Lisa starts to tip to the idea like they kind of are us. They're misguided and wrong, but they're not monsters. Hmm. And so it was, you know, that that idea good, was. That even, sounds like a good scene. Yeah, it was even more, uh, you know, right. in, built into it that she sees a, a, you know, that you know now that she's pregnant, you know, or thinking about being pregnant, or you know, considering right. the concept and you know, seeing like, well, there's one, and she's a mother, and she's mourning her dead child, and their children don't survive. And Why can't we be friends? Yeah. And so, so just again to bring up that idea of. Maybe killing them is not, you know, maybe there's a third way. But then the movie at the end goes, no, there's not. They're monsters and they should be killed. Well, here's a question. Do you think there were a lot of scenes that were written and deleted? Or, I mean, obviously there was that one, but maybe other ones. The jitterbug sequence was famously never included. I I just know what I read. I thought, because the evidence, the the vestige is there. The the, the appendix is there that there's a credit for a character that isn't in the movie and never has been. Um, Yeah, I mean, yes, there might be. I I don't know about any, but uh, I think that's, I think that's. That's true. Of most it seems movies. like most. Of I'd the love scenes, to see those scenes that they, you know, but uh, you know, you don't usually see those. Yeah, it seems like the, almost all the scenes in this movie were expensive scenes, like yeah, except for I guess maybe the studio time. But <laughs> well, I, I like this movie. This was, thing is a non-expensive scene in movie, really. Yeah, sure. But um, but yeah, but, the you know, it's, the it's a shame that. Uh, you know, nowadays it's like now it's everything is for sale all the time, always. So it's like, yeah, that scene that you cut out, save it because we're going to sell it to them later on a DVD. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every every thought and every photo and every drawing and everything they're going to sell back to us because they know we'll buy it. Um, 1970s. Yeah. When you had footage of a scene you didn't use in the movie, you threw it away, probably. Yeah. Maybe someday, you know, we'll find it in a vault and we'll go, oh, cool. Here's that scene from Omega Man. But um, it's not like it's being preserved and curated somewhere. Or maybe it is. Maybe it is. Well, it it should be in a vault somewhere, but uh, you know, does anyone care to go dig it out? Is the question to be no, answered. No, not at all. I like this movie. This was this was fun. I don't know how often I'll find myself going back to it after this. Although I'm very curious to see uh, the Last Man on Earth and also I Am Legend because I haven't seen either of those, and now I'm just curious about the storyline and all the different permutations. I'm also interested in reading the book, but you know, one thing at a time. I think I'll mm-hmm. start with everything else. Um, but this is fun, and it's also I don't think unless I'm forgetting something. I honestly don't think I've ever seen Charlton Heston in a movie. I've seen Planet of the Apes 68 once, but it was a long time ago. I've never seen Silent Green. Yeah, man. I might not have ever never seen, seen Ben Char- Hurry. never seen... No, not yet. Ben, ben Hurry. Ten one- Commandments? Yeah. Also not yet. They're all on my or, list of like, uh, I need to see those movies. Touch of Evil? I haven't seen Touch of Evil. No, mm. I, I don't think I've ever seen Charlton Heston in a movie. Except for Falling for Columbine, which... <laughs> yeah, uh, not the best way to be no, introduced to him. Not great. Uh, but, you know, aside from his terrifying thing in the mouth face, uh, I like him just fine. And... Um, it's interesting that his blood is made out of paint and Hershey syrup, but whatevs. Yeah, his blood is completely just like Kool-Aid. Right? <laughs> These colors run, motherfucker. They yeah. run a lot. Anyway, Brian, the, uh, the Omega Man, the motion picture. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I don't think I'll be going back to it anytime, but I I like the story and I like this this expression of, of the story uh, well enough. I have I have seen I Am Legends uh, a couple times. I, in my mind, the Will Smith I Am Legend has the correct ending to it so if you ever hear me the, talk the special about edition this, not released version yeah exactly the yeah, yeah. The, the original ending not the studio fuck version uh so if you ever hear me talk 
praisingly about the Will Smith I Am Legend. Dude, just talk about that ending. Just know that in my mind, the movie includes the proper ending. Um, but that being said, like I haven't read the the book either, but I think I will put it on my yeah. to do list at some point. Um, but yeah, other than other than some of the more the heavier seventies stuff, uh, you know the um, some of the depictions in the makeup and some of the dialogue and Charles Heston's Hestoniness, <laughs> uh, it's good, it's solid. Sarah, <laughs> you love this movie your whole life. Gonna probably continue to do so. I'm assuming it'll Look. be a go to film. I mean, once again, I saw it as a child, so yeah, it's basically, it's. One of those, it'll always, it's like Mary Poppins will always live in my memory. It'll be a mega man. And Mary Poppins beneath, is in mine too. It's one of my, that's one of my movies for the rest of my life movies. Beneath, that was my first rest of my life movie. Second one was uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Third one was sure. 2001. Oh yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is also on my list. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is wow. awesome. P-O-S-H. Posh. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Trey? Yeah, it we was, finally did the Omega Man. We finally did the Omega Man. Yes, like you said, you you now know just you now know what made me into me. It's the Omega commentary, silent running Omega Man and cowboys. That's my that's my worldview right there, all smashed together. Um, it's a tough old world, and no matter what you do, you're gonna die. Try not to fuck it up too bad on the way through, and if you can save some children, do it. <laughs> That's that's it. That's like if you have the that's chance life. and the inclination. That's life. and shoot up some mutants. That's life. Maybe we'll get ice cream tomorrow. That's, Come on, it's, that's, it's a we, you know it's a video game when you think about it. Yeah, well, I guess sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a choose your own adventure book. You find some kids. Do you a <laughs> help them? Help them. Or b leave them to die? Or c shoot them right now? <laughs> see what happens. And then you just get just c. Be, leave them alone because they're gonna right, they're dead right. anyway. And you, and you go to page you know c and you're like. And you just continue on your way. What? <laughs> That's fine. Those are the only options. That's fine. Everything else is just some made up bullshit. We said that those aren't actual options. <laughs> like, I just killed kids and the book kept going. They yeah. didn't give a shit. <laughs> huh. I like That's this right. book. There you go. It's completely binary world. There are no other options. If you, if you encounter children, you can either kill them or let them die. Those are literally the only <laughs> options in life. Everything else is just embellishment that we put on top of it. But those are your choices. Um, these those these movies just come out and say that, and people don't find that reassuring. I, what I wanted to ask you, Trey, is that uh, as we grew up during that time, do you find that this? Uh, I mean, in terms of the ending, and uh, I'll call nihilistic ending or yeah. hopeful ending, is that a trend of? Because there seemed to be several of them, like Butch Cassidy was another one. I mean, yeah. I remember, it, but you know, heroes did die. And is that yeah. something that was of that time? Very much so. Uh, I mean, as we've said, you know, the movie that made everyone go, "Oh, you know what? I am tired of that ending." Was Star Wars when, like, the hero, like everything was wonderful and rosy and fantastic, and everyone lived at the end. And that's why you know, Star, I wonder if Star Wars was such a big deal because we're like, "Yeah, I am kind of sick of that movie where that that story where everyone dies at the end that we've been seeing for the past decade because we lost that war and we're not really yeah, over it." Yet. I wonder if there's a correlation of when wars are happening, there are more movies where the hero dies in the end, and I wonder to what extent it's because. When you spend so much time in your moment in the zeitgeist with like people that you know or went to high school with going off to war and dying, it's like where, where'd they go? Imagining that there can be a heroic story of import and they died, but that's okay. It's still a story worth telling about them, as opposed to it's like, well, the ones that come home yeah. are the winners. With the well, hero they were stories. heroes. And everyone anyway. else, everyone Even though else, they didn't come home right. to get a medal. They were and heroes. It's, it's just a way the movie can say, or the the movie industry can tell the world, yes. People who die are heroic to movies and stories should be told about them as opposed to like only the winners don't die. I guess your brother just sucks, man. I don't know. 
But then look at the past 13 years where we've essentially been, quote unquote, at war. Mm-hmm. What kind of movies have come out like Collapsing that? Buildings, which we cannot stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can't get over the collapsing but we don't, buildings. But we also but we don't, don't make movies about stories. But anyway, we don't. Well, the interesting thing is we... We deal with it, but in the in the science fiction way, because any movie so far that's had tried to flat out say, you know, maybe the Iraq War not such a good idea, tanks, tanks, yeah. tanks, 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 you know, Valley of Elah, you know, and all those kind of like, you know, maybe we could take a look at. No, can't yet, can't actually take a <laughs> unflinching look at it. But Battlestar Galactica can do a whole season yeah. about. Being an occupied, you know, you know, enslaved race, and make, making you sympathize, making you with sympathize the with, with, with suicide bombers. Yeah, um, you know, we deal with it in the ways that we deal with it, and so I think, I think the, you know, that yes, there's, I absolutely, I think seventies post Vietnam, immediate post Vietnam movies were all about questioning everything you know what, what was that for and and what did we get from that thing that we just did and and you know this battle that we fought should we even be fighting it and and you know and maybe we shouldn't have is the ultimate message of a movie and and so i think that's very much the you know the the zeitgeist of of movies at the time was the you know there's no true heroism everything is a gray area yeah. you know we're just all just bags of meat getting through the day is the best you can do and you know you can have your own code but you know you might get you know you might not know if you've won per se but if you've been true to your own code that's the best you can do um you know there's a lot of that thread running through through 70s movies and again it was you know star wars that said hey remember when movies was just kind of fun y'all and we kind of go kinda what was that like <laughs> you know and uh you know oh I also, oh, you're right. Here's all the money, George Lucas. I also Sorry. think there's a difference in the you know movies in the last you know over the course of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars that you know our our society and the country as a whole have not been wound up as tightly with those endeavors as we were with Vietnam and certainly not with World War II, where it's like you know the during Vietnam we had the we had the draft people were conscripted and it's the the percentages are crazy. It's like the it's like 0.1 or 1% of the American population has any kind of direct experience in Iraq or Afghanistan. And that, that like, you know, and that's, that's completely different from again, Vietnam and even more so world war two. And so our, I don't think we've had to had needed to have that kind of cultural reckoning with Iraq and Afghanistan that we had to do with Vietnam because it, it hasn't been as woven into us as a you know, true. national national yeah. undertaking as Vietnam was. Well, the thing that strikes me is uh, about popular culture in World War II, which, of course, I was not around for. You know, I didn't experience that. I did experience, you know, the, the Vietnam War on the news every night. Um, something that I didn't find out about until retrospect, you know, later after in retrospect. And I was kind of like, that's that seems weird to me uh, because I wasn't in that culture is in World War Two, as you say, you know, the, the every man, woman and child of America, of, you know, in, in America was wrapped up in the war effort. Yeah. I mean, it was all about, you know, we're saving tin cans and we're yeah. collecting bacon. We're not eating meat today. We're did not you buy your war bonds? Did you buy you? It's all about yeah. we, we are fighting the war just as much as the as the guys who were overseas are fighting the war. Yeah. Um, so you were totally involved in that. And combined with that, um, although if you see Ken Burns, really amazing documentary called the war um it gets into that that it wasn't until about two or three years into the war that the first image of a dead american soldier was ever seen publicly back here in the states um and it was kind of shocking like oh maybe hmm, wow um because there were people people were insulated from that in terms of like yeah you know everyone knows someone off in the war but only a few people know someone who's dead yeah, because <laughs> there's lots of us here, so you could still keep that. Yes, we're doing the right thing, and yeah, yeah. Um, and they just kind of 
kept from the public the idea that, yeah, but, you know, some of us are getting killed over there and it's gruesome and grisly and awful. And that those images didn't show up in the you know public consciousness for several years into the war. America's involved in the war. But what did show up, and this is so weird to contemplate because it certainly isn't what's happening uh, uh, with, with the wars we've been doing now, is... You know, you would have a, a major battle or a major event would happen in World War II. There would be a movie about it within the year. There would be a movie about that as soon as they could get that movie made. You know, and John Wayne would reenact that. You know, remember that battle you saw in the newsreel? Well, here's John Wayne doing a whole movie about that. <laughs> and these were turning. This was long before. You know, the war isn't even over yet. And we're already seeing movies about yeah. the events of the war. That they would they would as quickly as possible turn around the Hollywood version of the real event and and sell it back to you at the movie theater, which is that's kind of hard to picture. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a weird. It's, kind of I mean, thing. it's like it's unsettling in like how propaganda shit is. Yeah, and yet that's it, you know just like Omega Man is like, well, that was our side, but yeah. that, but that but also there was no shame in supporting the war. Absolutely. Every war after that or police action yeah. has been shameful. Whether it was Korean, or at least it was dubious, an argument. It's yeah. like well, yeah. dubious Vietnam, successively Desert, Desert so, Storm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then. Yeah. You know, if you talk about Iraq and Afghanistan, it's all about you. It's like, we shouldn't have fought that or we we didn't fight Iraq. I mean, there's all those questions packed (laughs) into there. And that's kind of the difference that really started with it was emphasized even desert storm desert storm was probably was one of the better wars we've had in the past 50 years because you know a country that we were sympathetic with got brutally invaded some of how how brutal the invasion was there was some propaganda involved there but they you know iraq invaded kuwait kuwait said help us somebody we went and did that we drove the invaders back and then we stopped yeah that was about the best we could have ever done that kind of a thing problem is when revolutions don't know when to stop yeah that's right you know we stopped at the border and said and stay out and yeah. that was it. Well, we actually, we did take Iraqi territory, but we retreated, not retreated, exactly. but we withdrew. We said, you want us to keep going? Yeah. Didn't think so. Okay, yeah. we'll be over here. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, in, in the modern gray area world, that's 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 pretty good. That's a win. Um, and, you know, of course, the classic irony that Bush Sr. was the one who flat out said, oh, no, we don't want to try and occupy Iraq. That would be the stupidest possible <laughs> thing that we could ever do. Um, the fact that he flat out said that at the time, because people said, why didn't we take Iraq? And you know, Bush and his, his people said that would have been you. You don't want us to have done that. Trust me on this. But that, but well, so. then the other thing is like Bush Sr.'s people were the same as Bush Jr.'s people. Mm-hmm. And there was yeah, there was that. We never called him. But we should have called him BJ. BJ, uh, and there was there was that sense of it, you know in that cabal of people like man if we had just fucking finished the job first time around blah 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 and that's you know yeah. that's, those we'd, are some real we'd origins. still be there now anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just have been occupying them for twenty five yeah. years but they they didn't think that and yeah. of course they turned out to be wrong but yeah. anyway so yeah. we're getting way off far afield here but I, yeah. it comes back to the central point of. The bad you know, guy dies yeah, in the end? It just, yeah, well, just it's it's interesting to me that I, I just you tell me it just feels like that there's I feel like nowadays not only is there a resistance to a, a movie that says yeah everything's kind of a gray area and maybe you fight a whole war and it really wasn't that good of idea you, you know an idea you have to kind of keep thinking about is this good what we're doing or maybe we're doing the wrong thing um, and in the end to you know to to slash punish a hero for having made the wrong choice even if he did it with the best of intentions. Um, that's that's a 70s thing that I just don't I mean d- can you name a modern archetype of of that now I mean when when is a movie with that kind of thematic gray area 
been made recently. If I recall by correctly, a major Hollywood things worked out for Mark Zuckerberg, so I can't think of one. Is, the, <laughs> is this about the Vietnam War? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe it's it's an yeah. Did you were you, you were in the bathroom? But yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. I missed that part. So okay, yeah, yeah, we're saying yes. This is a post seventies movie. It's all about you know. Eh, there's no objective good guy or bad guy everything's gray area I'm saying that now then we live in a very much you watch what you think or you're an un-American poo head you know and ambiguity is definitely not a, a preferred way for, for people to think if you're a right thinking American um, we hate ambiguity as a culture we hate 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 ambiguity right now yeah so, well, cer- but- certainly in the days you know immediately after 9-11 and in the run up to the Iraq invasion absolutely and obviously that's cooled off over the last you know 10 15 how fucking long it's been at this point years um, but yeah we but like you said we haven't had that same disillusionments that you really think we should have which i wonder if i don't know it's hard for me to separate it out because that you know the iraq invasion was my awakening of going wait a second white hats and black hats <laughs> isn't maybe it's not always that simple um so t- to me from my perspective it feels like for day one you know you had the daily show and you know everything else of that ilk uh, there was never a particularly onboard moment. Yeah, it was never. There was never this moment like during the Iraq, the beginning of the Iraq war. It was like this, at least for me, of like, oh, this is this is you know D Day, and it's like, oh wait, it's not D Day. It's actually Mei Ling or whatever. <laughs> Instead of being the long road to disillusionment, it's like you open your door and it's hey, I, I live in disillusionment. <laughs> yeah, ah, that was easy. I'm here. Yeah, I guess so. But but again, it, that really was my you know my particular journey with. Yeah political awakening the oh. interview in the chat room screwballs like how about the interview the interview <laughs> that's, that's the best we can do oh god it? again we're, we're running out of like well this is certainly a phenomenon Lots of the interview is interesting certainly a phenomenon is that we still look for like okay who, who what villains are left who can yeah. we make just the bad guy you know it's like okay north korea thank god we still have north korea they're clearly still flat out bad guys if we can have nazis in there for any reason we're going to be fine because everyone knows that Nazis were bad guys. Can we invent some kind of super uber alien race that only exists to destroy us? That's okay. That's good. That's we'll make, make more a movie movies about, about fortune. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, right. And uh, my point about Vietnam before, as I was saying, is that if you look at it in this context, in a way, Neville is in a way was taking on the shame of what was done of, of Vietnam. Why are we fighting in that way? In, in, in just an emotional, psychic yeah. way. You're, you're trying to preserve a life that shouldn't be preserved, blah, 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 the Vietnam. Yeah. The Vietnam and, argument. And, and then you're also, fighting for and, a society that should be allowed to die. Exactly. And then, and I'm not um, talking about Vietnam. I'm talking about the old America of rah, 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 right. kill and them and all. And that's him. And kill them all. It's like, no, you've got to, you have to live with the shame that you did wrong with this. And at the end... You die. So in a way, yeah. it's, it, there is a there is an yeah. emotional cathartic component to it. You went in guns blazing, and that was the wrong way to do it. Um, however, the movie can't go all the way to say, and so do you. You know, you were wrong. It says it. It, it raises the pres- prospect of yeah, maybe in you're this wrong. conversation, maybe you're wrong. Remo- yeah. removing Think about your yeah, maybe and what's funny wrong. is in the context of all of that, removing the original ending is like even more like guys, shit, we were <laughs> yeah. so close, yeah. And without it, what exactly is this movie about? You're actually saying, no, that was the right thing to do. Go kill them all. That's what yeah. you should have done. You it's know. good stuff, man. Didn't work out for you. This is, uh, so, Trey, you liked it? 
I did. I liked it a lot. And this is exactly the kind of conversations I was having with my friends at age 11 when this movie came out. We would talk about Vietnam and the allegory of Omega Man oh, for hours and hours oh, wow. and hours. And then we would play with the Legos. I think it's about the dichotomy of man, sir. <laughs> the Jungian thing, mom. <laughs> All right. This has been What Are You Doing Movie. You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forum of all yourself in the conversation. It's a wonderful group of people growing every single week. Twitter.com slash friends in your head. Friends at Facebook.com slash friends in your head. And friends in your head at gmail.com. You can buy our shirts. You can give us money. There's a big PayPal button. We're not asking. We're just saying. You can throw Mike Scott some money at michaelscottfund.com. I'd appreciate it. I don't know about Mike, but I'm for one willing to ask for money on his behalf. And uh, fuck the police. Do it. And Holden Hill Design to maintain the website. Until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifer. Sarah Delphier. Neville. And this has been What Are You Doing Movie? Thank you for listening. Good night, good night. It's too creepy. The, actually, Neville. That's a good way to get like left alone when you're walking home in the middle of the night. Just be like, Neville. <laughs> just, I'll be on the other side of the street. And yeah. even if you don't know the reference, it's yeah. just a weird thing it's to just, do. Why would you do that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> for my birthday I want you to go find Anthony Zerby and pay him to show up and just come to my door and go never oh, no. he'll be outside the, he'll be outside the building yeah, on a loudspeaker in a speaker. black robe <laughs> honestly I feel like the producers of the Harry Potter series missed out on an opportunity yeah yeah he's the, he's the original Dementor I'm finding Anthony Zerby right now friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>